Log Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. If you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. Six, five. Alrighty, it's going to be a great night tonight. I'm really looking forward to this. You know, today I was thinking that next month is our 12-year anniversary. We've been doing this together for 12 years now, and that's pretty amazing. That's you know like longer than a couple of marriages last. <laughs> it's just an incredible thing that you know after all this time we're still here and sharing time together. So. I want to start off the show giving you some homework tonight. I know, I know. You guys, I never ask much of you, all right? I I don't ask anything at all of you besides, you know, giving you homework once in a while and writing assignments and prompts and exercises and and making you put your entire life on hold every Thursday to come here and hang out with us. But other than all that stuff, I never ask anything of you, you know, I really don't, so, you know. (laughs) But I was really thinking about all the things in the 12 years that I've been here doing this with you guys. It really made me think about, um, you know, where we were when we started out and what I've seen grow, what I've seen you guys build here, the community that you've created. Um, You know, I absolutely love that it's all-encompassing, that there is no segregation here. Um, everybody is just it's just a gathering of bards in the truest sense and just an amazing supportive and inspiring place to be uh, for us every week and so I want you to write for your homework assignment between now and our anniversary show is I want you to think about and write a poem to each other to your fellow poets to the people that you hear every week um, you know, to the community, you know, talk about, you know, what they've meant to you and how maybe they've changed you or whatever. But I, that's your homework is for our anniversary show. I would love you to write and read poems. And this is the, this is like, you know, if you bring your homework, you can read it and then a poem. So, you know, you can read two if you bring your homework. Always remember that. So, yeah, write a poem to each other. You know, and just talk about what 12 years, you know, or however long you've been a part of this family um, has meant to you or changed you or whatever. I think that would be really cool. I would love to be able to hear that. All right. Before we get started, I have some announcements. All right. If you have not checked out what we're doing with our worldwide poetry project, Rock That Poem, you can do so by going over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash rock that poem it's as easy as rock paper scissors add a little glue and uh, it's a real fun exciting way to get poetry out there into the hands of the world anonymously like little little poetry pixies all right so next thing if you're interested in putting on a workshop with us okay you can 
email me. Actually, probably messaging me on Facebook would be the easiest. It's Nyla, N-Y-L-A, dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, Nyla Alicia. Go ahead and shoot me over a message and let me know what you would like to put together. You can do anywhere from a half-hour show to a three-hour show. You can do it live, pre-recorded, a combination of both. You know, so if you want to pre-record on your computer a, uh, um, a workshop, you can email that to me, and we can do a workshop where you can just pre-record it on your computer and send it to me. That would be awesome, too. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these with us. You know, my, my true belief is that we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn, all right? So if you want to do an actual workshop where you take us through step-by-step uh, motions that at the end leave us with a poem in our hand, that would be awesome, do an actual workshop. If you want to talk about a specific era of poetry or a style of poetry, if you want to teach a poetry form, um, if you want to talk about a specific poet or a poem or how poetry has affected generations, um, you know, the changes in it. Whatever it is you want to talk about, just let me know and we'll get that set up. I think it would be a lot of fun. And I would also, before we get started, I would like to thank Star Sevron and James Sapien and Roy Murdoch for helping sponsor the show this year and helping us stay on the air for our three-hour show. Appreciate you guys. Big loves to you. All right. So as all of you know, I always start the show with a prompt and an exercise. Alrighty. So if you ever get in a place where you're stumped and you don't know what to write about, just go back to any of our shows in the archives, and within the first 15 minutes, you'll hear the writing prompt and an exercise. You can just go from there. All right. It's a really treasure, a treasure trove of inspirational, fun, weird things that you can do. So yeah, you can go check out the archives for some of those. So I'm going to start out tonight with the prompt. Now the prompt is intended to create a poem. You can use it as a title. You can use it as a line or a word in the poem. Uh, you can have it just be the general concept of your poem. All we're really doing is planting a seed, and we'll see where it grows. Okay. So the prompt for this week is drum roll. Da -da -da -da. Cut off. Cut off. Okay, that's your prompt. So it can be the title, a line in, a part of a sentence. It can be the concept of, you know, wherever that takes you. Cut off. All right. Now, for your exercise. Now, an exercise is different than a prompt. A prompt is, you know, intended to, you know, produce something at least halfway pretty from us. An exercise is just meant to move the pen. You know, that's when we sweat. That's when we push ourselves. That's when we're grunting. You know, that isn't supposed to be pretty. That's supposed to be messy. So it's just an exercise to get your hand moving. All right. The exercise, exercise this week is called I'm a flower. All right. Now, or fill in the blank. I'm a fill in the blank. You'll understand in a moment. So what I want you to do is I want you to ima imagine that you're a plant or a flower or a tree, okay? Um, or if you're a flower, what would it be like to be a tree? I don't know. Anyway, so imagine that you're a plant, a flower, a tree. What kind would you be? What kind of a plant or a flower or a tree do you see yourself as? All right. And then I want you to think about it. And you can write these. While you're thinking, asking yourself these questions, write down the answers on a piece of paper, as many as you can think of. You know, I'm a daffodil, I'm a tulip, I'm a 
you know, lazy Susan, I'm a whatever. Okay, just write down as many as comes into mind and then stop and then go on to the next part. So imagine what kind of a plant flower tree you are. Then I want you to imagine where you're growing. Okay, I want you to, well, the one before that was why are you that plant flower tree? What makes you that? What characteristics are the same? You know, how do you envision that flower, that thing? Okay, so which one you are, why are you that one? Then I want you to write down where you're growing. Okay, so it could be like a garden or a meadow or in the desert or a forest or a a concrete crack. It can be a windowsill, a terrarium. Okay, where are you growing? Then I want you to write down... I want you to write down... um, why why you're growing where you are okay the wind brought me here Uh, i was dropped from a pocket Um, i was uprooted and transplanted here that type of thing you know why are you growing where you are and how do you in those surroundings how do you flourish or how do you starve okay what is it in the environment that feeds you or keeps you growing you know, what are the things that are going to cause you to wilt and fade away, okay? And the surroundings itself, how do the surroundings itself affect you? So I want you to think of all of the different things. You know, this is kind of, you know, one of those things, concrete images again. You know, imagine, see see yourself as that dandelion growing in the crack in the sidewalk. But that isn't enough. Where is the sidewalk? What kind of a street is it on? What are the businesses that you see? All of those things create an image of what you're seeing in your brain when you're picturing yourself that dandelion in the concrete crack. And what you need to do is to be able to paint exactly what you're seeing. So this makes you be aware of your surroundings. The the businesses, the lady with the red purse, the child crying, all of those things are the environment of that dandelion. So those things need to be in there to create that vision for your for your reader. So that's kind of what this exercise is about. It's a really fun one, and uh, if you didn't catch all that, you can go back in the archives and write down or listen to, take notes or whatever to get that exercise. But then the second part of that real quick, you guys, is – after you've done after you're done writing that poem about yourself think about the people in your life what kind of flower is your mother what kind of flower is your spouse what kind of flower is your child or your mailman you know just think of all the people and then imagine what kind of flower they are and you can have a lot of fun writing some really you end up getting pretty silly trust me um you know silly poems when you start writing about people and getting really random with the people you write about using that same exercise so it's pretty cool i hope you have a lot of fun with that i hope that next week i hear some of these coming back to me all right now every show we start or every show we start and end the show with an episode or a a recording by a poet and this week um, i have a friend who's listening that's never heard me do any of my work, and I know that I normally only play a piece of mine at the first show, but you guys are going to have to suffer through two this month. I'm so sorry. I used to get in trouble all the time because I never read any of my stuff or played it, and uh, so that was a compromise, but this month you have to put up with two. Sorry. 
So the, we start and end every episode with an audio track. If you're a recording artist and you would like to have your work put onto the show's library so we can play it for the world, you can email those to me. The word that is in the email title, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. All righty? And make sure you put audio track, something like that, in the subject line for me. The piece that I'm going to play to start the show tonight is one of mine called Room with a View. And I think that in our lives, we all have that one person that keeps coming back. You know, we always have that one person that just when we're over them and we think we're going to be okay, boom, there they are again. And, um, you know, it's how we can be such suckers sometimes. But I was uh, I was thinking about that when I wrote this piece, and uh, it's kind of funny, actually. But anyway, so it's called Room with a View. Here we go. Maybe here we go. There we go. Room with a View by Nyla Alicia. You come back. Why? And why now? After all this time, after so many walls have been built, overgrown with graffiti vines, dropping the leaves of too many and not enough words said. Why now, when the bridges have stopped smoldering and the sky is clear? When fish have returned to the river again? Still, there you are, on the other side, on top of the walls. You scaled so easily. But it's always been easy for you, hasn't it? You with your monkey tongue and double-jointed smile, making child's play out of my mystery. Like when you sent the stars to woo me, disguised as dark chocolate truffles. Now, again, after all this time, after all my hard work, you're there, tossing pebbles at my window. I sit at my desk writing this, listening to the tap, tap, tap. Like static echoing from our past, buried past, making a shambles of all I did you away. There are too many doors and not enough keys. Too many skeletons to reassemble to fix this. Stop it. I see you there precariously perched looking like hell. 
your white flag arms floundering in the air. Hands flying like white doves, cooing to get my attention. <laughs> Do you know how ridiculous you look? Why? Why now? Why after all this time? I finally changed the light bulbs in my bedroom today. <laughs> the main light fixture is a ceiling fan. The left edge of each blade shadowed in a scab of dust, thick enough to make your dryer lint blush, <laughs> clinging to one side only like how moss will only grow on the north side of trees. Unless you're south of the equator, then it's the opposite side, because it's all about perspective, right? And that dust has been eyeing me for weeks and I let one sputtering, struggling, flickering just like me. And I wonder why I've let myself sit in the dark for so long. Maybe because on the sunny days I don't notice so much, but when it's already cloudy it becomes difficult to see and maybe that's why I can stare endlessly at the dim light from my computer screen trying to absorb anything. And I wonder why I've let the dust sit on the left edge of each fan blade for so fucking long. Because I clean when I'm anxious, right? The other day, I was in the shower and I noticed the blossoming of that pink mold in the grout. You know, that pink mold that you only see in showers. So I grabbed a toothbrush and some bleach and I scrubbed till the water turned cold. So I turned it off and stood naked and dripping until each tile was clean. So it's not that I'm lazy, I understand accumulation, how pink mold will eventually grow black and thick, how ants turn into mice, how a collection of objects can push themselves out of a closet and into a bedroom, can push the bed right out the room, can push your family away from you, but, but the fan, but the fan is above my bed, right? And I'm afraid that if I try and clean it, all the dust will land on my bed and then I'll have to pluck each gray fuzz from the sheets one by one or maybe set the bed on fire because they say dust is made partially from dead skin cells and... I've been alone so long now, these cells must all be mine. So this mess must be mine, so the fault must be mine. But at least I changed the light bulbs, right? At least I didn't just sit in the dark today and let the dust accumulate on one side of me heavy. At least the bulbs fit. At least I did one thing, right? Oh. Oh. Okay, first you heard uh, Room with a View, 
which was one of my pieces, and this was Kaylee O'Keefe, amazing, amazing artist. You can find her all over YouTube, so check her out. Kaylee O'Keefe did the second piece. All right, so what comes next? I am going to take callers. If you would like to call in tonight, the number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 540 is our first caller tonight, so listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please, please introduce yourself. That's very important. It's real important that people know who's reading and equally as important for your name to be attached to your work. You don't want to send your poetry out there ever in the world and uh, not have people know who wrote it. It's important. So make sure that you introduce yourself, all righty? And then you can, let me take a look at the lines. Uh, We're kind of got full lines. All right, so you could start out tonight reading one poem. The only exception to this rule is if I've given you homework, if I've given you a writing prompt or one of the writing exercises. If you bring those back to the show with you to read, then you can read two. All right, so that's the only exception to the rule. So we're starting out reading one poem, two if you brought your homework. All right. Please keep your reads to about uh, right around five minutes. Be courteous to the people waiting who are waiting in line behind you. All right, and then when you're done reading, make sure that you give us your URL. It's real important for people to know where to come find you and get to know you and your work better. All right, and also please remember that we have a mature rating. So think, you know, late night HBO or whatever that is, um, late night cable. Uh, So you're bound to hear just about anything, and you will, with the exception of hardcore erotica. No no word porn, no tab A into slot B, um, you know, no bumping body parts. We don't get graphic, and uh, everything else is great, all right? That doesn't mean you can't read the romantic pieces, just, you know, we don't need nipples, everything else, yeah. Okay, so with that said, I'm going to go ahead and give you our lineup of our first callers so you kind of know where you are and how soon I'll be bringing you on. We're going to start out with 540, then move to 731, 989, and 604. Okay, so that's our first four callers. Let's go ahead and bring area code 540 on the air. Are you with me? I am with you. How are <laughs> you doing? I'm sorry, what do you say? I said, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fair to Midland, I guess, waiting uh, like millions of others for this storm to roll in. But uh, uh, So are you right in the middle of it? No, 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 no. I'm up in the mountains in Virginia, so I'm, 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 uh, I'm, a, I'm a, a, a fur piece from it. A fur piece? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know, uh, I've been under the weather. I guess uh, that's I was able to get in last week and all, and dealing with some health issues and everything. But I'm kind of back, back, uh, feeling good and strong and ready to do a little poetry reading. Well, we would love to hear some. <laughs> well, you know, you're you're into like, um, which I am too. I like uh, fossils and paleontology and all. But the, the thing that, that – one of the things that I really get into is uh, – and I guess 
you would call it quantum physics, quantum mechanics, astrophysics, or things like that. The nature of reality. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Have you ever heard of? And I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Schrodinger's cat. No. No. Oh, well, it was a famous Erwin. No, I think his name was Schrodinger. It might have been Schrodinger. I don't know. I don't speak German. Uh, a famous physicist in quantum mechanics came up with a thought experiment uh, where he, uh, you put a cat in a box with a, uh, an isotope that has a perfectly 50-50 chance of radiating within an hour's time. And if it radiates, it's hooked up to a gizmo that breaks a glass of uh, poison and kills the cat. Of course, if it doesn't radiate, then the cat doesn't get killed. So you put the cat in the box, you close the box, you wait an hour, and you go to look and see what's in the box. They've proven mathematically that existing in that box before you open it in what's known as a superposition is a perfectly half-live, half-dead cat. But now we can only observe dead cats or live cats, so when we open that box, that's when we, by observing have created the reality inside the box of either a dead or a live cat. And then a lot of people believe that in another universe somewhere else, if we saw a live cat in another universe, our other us saw a dead cat and so on. <laughs> How do you like that? You lost me at the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing really good till I... Until I smelt that lemon pastry, and then I was gone. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> the thing with me, and, and I'm a guy, but it's chocolate. I've, I've got a thing about chocolate. But, uh, you know, I don't like no, chocolate. No, the name of the poem, um, the, the, huh? I don't like chocolate. I'm like the only girl I know that does not like chocolate. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was like almost like a a requirement of, to be female or something. I know, right? Like right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> but um, no, I wrote this uh, this poem called Superposition, and think of it like this: If you take a coin and you twirl it, that coin has a head and a tail. But while it's twirling, it's neither head nor tails, right? And then right. you smack your hand down on it and stop it, and you lift your hand, and it's either heads or tails. You've created a reality. But before you smacked your hand down on it, it was uh, that uh, spinning coin was in like a superposition. Right. It, it wasn't real, but it wasn't unreal. And uh, that's the thing about quantum physics. They just didn't want to tell people, but they discovered that there was actually a spirit world and a supernatural realm like 100 years ago. And uh, it's been freaking them out ever since. And they've... They, <laughs> so they've tried to explain it by saying, well, no, we're just the lucky universe out of, like, eternal numbers of universes because they can't deal with the supernatural. That's my opinion, anyway. But, however, <laughs> I'm going to get on with my poem. How's that? Okay. Now, okay. If I, I hope I've explained what superposition is in Schrodinger's cat, but I take a whole different sort of tack on superposition. So I turn this into an inspirational poem. So here we go. The smartest among us have written in a book that nothing here is really real until we look. 
as odd as it may seem, there's no doubt of this condition that we may create by observing from a superposition. It is the act of observing which actually determines this or that. Until we look, all is in a superposition like Schrodinger's cat. So if superposition is how things really are, shouldn't we discuss if we create the universe by observing it, then who is observing us? Okay, for my part, I suggest that the one observing us is our God above. And the really important position in life is a superposition of love. That means, should one wish to be great among us all as a volition, then let tolerance and kind-hearted service be your superposition. Do you wish for peace of mind and a clear conscience as a condition? Then treat other folks as you'd like to be treated as the superposition. Perhaps you are plagued by your failings, fearful of wrath, a decision, disbelieving God's gracious strength and weakness as a superposition. And be thankful for all things. Try not to always dwell on the worst. Take on the superposition that those who are last will eventually be first. Now, all this can be dismissed for a superposition of faith and faith. Or you can be observed letting God's love be the universe you create. And boom. That was awesome. I really loved the way you were able to work that around. <laughs> Thank that you. Was, that was really cool. Well, uh, you've got the uh, the Philip Church Reader's Digest condensed version of quantum theory. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you ever wanted to know about quantum uh, physics, but was afraid to ask. <laughs> you know, it's funny if you go back to the beginning of the show and listen to it in the archives and write down everything you said pre-poem, you would have a prose piece that would introduce your actual poem and just read those together. Because when you were describing all of it and explaining all of it, that was pretty awesome too. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was the whole. So you idea. should write. You should go uh-huh. back and listen and write that all down, and keep it with that piece as the first part of that poem. Oh, I will. See, my habit has always been uh, the Friday after this podcast, I, I go back into the archive and I do a capture, an audio capture, and uh, then I make a video of that and put it, uh, uh, send it to my dad on Facebook. I got an 82 year old father who. His favorite thing in the world to do on Friday, this man still works, by the way, 82 years old, and he still works. He comes home from work on Friday is to sit down and watch this video and listen to me and you doing what we're doing right now. <laughs> oh, hi, Daddy. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> That's so Charlie. cool. Charlie. Big hugs. So, well, I'm going to get off of here and uh, let some other folks uh, have a chance to get on and I'm glad to be back, and uh, hopefully I'll stay healthy and be able to be back here next week. If y'all want to find me, I'm Philip Church on uh, Facebook. Friend me. More friends, the better. And if you want to look at some of my uh, writings, it's Philip Kent, K-E-N-T, Church, on Amazon.com. It won't 
take you to my page on Amazon unless you put in the K-E-N-T, Philip Kent Church. And with that, I'm going to bid you a good evening. <laughs> Thank you, Philip. Great job tonight. All righty. We'll talk at you later. All right, hon. Bye-bye. Okay. So our next caller comes from area code 731. 731, you're on the air. Hey, what's happening? How you doing? Hey, how are you, Michael? Doing fine. He got through quicker than I thought. Now I got to go back and sign my knowledge screen. I'll get out of my work screen. Not that work's important. No, it's someplace. I like that. I have my own screen. Do you know? I can't. Why can't I remember his name right now? Bear. The name Bear was in there. But we had this when we first started the show out a long time ago. We had this guy that would call in. And he was the foreman. And when it was time for he would get his number called when he would call in, he would send all. He worked in a factory, had owned a factory actually, and he had all his guys go outside, shut down all the work, shut down all the machines, and they got to take a break until he read. And he would sit there at his desk at work. And then when he was done reading, he would start all the machines and everything up again. That's pretty amazing. That's dedicated. I know, but you're sitting there at work, and you're trying to find your screen. Did you see your messenger email? I sent you a cloud. I saw. I'm well trained. I was just going from building to building and looked up, and I thought, well, those are odd. She likes clouds, so there. (laughs) Anyway, want to do poems? Let's do poems. I sent you the link to Dolly's poem, Love's yes. Eternal. You've got that. Part of the poem is at the top, but then part of what I'm going to read is the two first comments there, because we did a little riffing. It's kind of part of it to me. So so I'll read the poem, then I'll go into those riffs. The whole thing will take about one minute. Anyway, this is uh, from DaliaRamonPoetry.blogspot.com, <clears throat> and this is her recent poem called Love's eternal. Eternal whispers. A lover's verse. Softly traverse the universe. Close your eyes. Make a wish. Count to three. Imagine me. The moon appears. A guiding light. She knows the night. And sets her sight. Close your eyes. Make a wish. Count to three. Look for me. Time stands still, but not for long. Feel the song. Can't be wrong. Close your eyes. Make a wish. Count to three. Stay with me. Upon the table, all laid bare. Heart declared. Said the prayer. Close your eyes. Make a wish. Count to three. Fight for me. The moon bows. A moment passed. No reason asked. The die was cast. Close your eyes. Make a wish. Count to three. Remember me. There is no night. There is no day. All the wishes stayed to gray. I'd have loved you anyway. And I said, You surmise comes as no surprise. It's who you are and what you do. Sounding voice, light of your eyes. That of one not just passing through. Unless you wield a clever disguise. And she countered with 
The trick is hearing whom to believe and whom to trust at first light. Disguise offers no reprieve nor solace from the forlorn plight when the heart is worn on one's sleeve. In peace. That was incredible. I really loved the progression of her, you know, if this were a song, her chorus. Um, she wove that together absolutely beautifully. I've always been a huge fan of hers for a long, 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 long time. She's just an incredible writer, and I'm really glad you shared her tonight. And I love your little riff things. They're like like shiny little presents under the tree. She and I have been writing back and forth in verse for a dozen years. We're kind of joined Mhm. So there. Yeah. Hugs to her and yeah. to you. Thank you. Well, all right, Missy. That's all the that's all the dream weaving that we've got. So I'm going to step aside and make room for the real poets and wish you all a wonderful evening. Thanks for your time this time. Until next time, so long. Thank you, sweetheart. Love you, hon. Bye. Okay. All right. So our next caller comes from area code nine eight nine. Nine eight nine, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. It's George Wiley. Hey, George. How are here. you, sweetheart? Well, I'm fine. It's a it's a Thursday night, and the sun came out for a while, and after a bunch of rain, and uh, uh, we're gonna make it. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I can't complain. So you're not on the Just, East Coast, uh, are you? Off. No, no, I'm in southeastern Michigan, um, and um, we're probably not, if I believe the news uh, maps, um, the worst we can get is like some side effects after after stuff from uh, the, from Florence, uh, maybe some rain, and, and often uh, a hurricane hits the East Coast well, or even the South Coast. We'll, we'll come up here with a bunch of rain and, you know, low pressure stuff. But I don't think we're in any jeopardy, you know, and I'm concerned about people who are, though. This is the first one. And, you know, yeah, um, we were talking to some friends and I were sort of debating the issue about, and I don't want to get too far off this, but people who are in a mandated evacuation zone who then refuse to go, and then if they get in deep, deep trouble, you know, instantly calling for help. They're going to drown or they're going to die or they need help right now. Are the um, are the rescuers obligated professionally or emotionally to uh, put their life online? And this is not a new question, but it comes up every major storm. And, you know, some people um, responded to, my, to me on Facebook about it, and most of us agreed that, they're not obligated, but the kind of people that do that kind of stuff will do it anyway because of their mm-hmm. courage and because of their convictions. And But, but you know, if they fail, if they die doing it for this person, you know, um, that, that's tragic. And um, yeah. if they don't, if they don't go to get him or her, um, is there, you know, are they still a good Samaritan and that sort of thing. Some of those issues. And um, I have nothing but high respect for people who will jump into a storm like that, um, you know. And um, 
at, at their own risk. And you know, these yeah, to save not us to from mention, ourselves. By the way, yeah, to save us from ourselves. I think that's perfectly well put. But um, anyway, my poem has nothing to do with that. Although <laughs> 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 it was awesome. Um, and you know, the last line. If I did write a poem about it, the last line I could say would be, "He died." Anyway, um, that's okay. This this one I think I read. But I'm not sure. A long time ago, like a year ago, when I first started, and if I did, I apologize. But it's called "The Things He Never Saw." So many things have come to pass since he died in '89. Some bad, some good. Those things he missed. I'm choosing now to find the things my father never saw have fueled my pen this time. A man of index cards and lists. A math and physics teacher, a natural for spreadsheets, he'd have cherished a computer. To quickly Google up a fact would endear him to his cursor. But deep among the things he missed, like grandkids graduating, are his legacy of humans with child's eyes adoring, like babies on his friendly lap and the lilt of children singing. But the news I'd like to have Dad here, which would meet with his approval, is that we as progeny have kept his gentility, and we love words, especially verbal. So if we indeed absorb his thirst for love and learning, does that does that not prove that we sus- what we suspect? Our parents are immortal, and please. I love, love, love that poem. You know, what's really funny is I was um, watching my son the other day, and he was he was out in the yard and he was running around and uh, popped off and uh, said something just like I used to say it, right? Hey. And I'm thinking, you know, he just looked and sounded, you know, like a carbon copy of me. You know, so when you're talking about the at the end of your poem, it made me think about that, how, you know, how we leave our fingerprints on the, the generations that we push forward. Right. You know, and how in that we're never gone. We're always with them. Right, exactly. And and and, and what's it? The things we teach the best are done by example. They're not done by preaching and teaching. They're done by example. As in, as in you know... In these cases, in my poem and other people's uh, testimonials to their parents, um, very rarely do you say, you know, do you, do you grow, well, you can grow from teaching, but that I told you so stuff doesn't hold up as, as long as, as a simply a damn good example of a life. You know, anyway, there, I'm teaching, preaching. <laughs> you know, it's funny, I'm talking about. I'm talking about my son, Ben, running around the backyard, and, and I was watching him and all that. And it made it sound like such a, you know, a beautiful, serene family moment. You guys have to realize that my son's an adult boy. <laughs> oh, I, I, just, I just didn't want to paint any pictures of me with a toddler because I would probably jump off a cliff. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we have those years. We don't want those. We don't want yep. those years again. We went through them. <laughs> We'll pass on that new baby thing. 
Exactly. We just hold we we hold our family and friends' babies and we put you know cuddle with them and kiss them and do all that stuff and then we pass them back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this it isn't because we don't love them; it's because we don't need them. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I won't even get a dog yeah, for that reason. You know, dogs too much like having a child. Yeah, they as it never gets potty trained and never learns how to talk. But the same responsibility as a child. No, I'm a cat person. I can throw out. Right. I can leave the toilet lit up and throw and just tear open a bag of food and leave it in the middle of the floor and come back two weeks later. My cat's fine. That's right. Cat's <laughs> fine. Sometimes, sometimes they're a little bit pissed, but they're fine. You know, that's. Sometimes a cat will uh, take it out at something out on you, you know, in, in their own little devious way. But uh, mm-hmm. they 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 get even, but then they then they uh, but they're fine. They're fine if you leave them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was good. talking to my other son, and he was saying that he completely 100% um, disproved flatness. And I asked him what he was talking about. This- he says, you know, people who believe that the world is flat. He said, if oh, the yeah, world was yeah, flat, cats would have knocked everything off it already. So the world can't be flat. <laughs> That's right. Scientific <laughs> proof that the world cannot be flat. If it was flat, the and cats some would brains... have knocked everything off already. <laughs> <laughs> some people's brains are flat to believe that stuff, too, but well, that's another issue. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, it's a fun thing. Okay, well, I'm going to slide away here and uh, let the next person up. Um, All right, sweetheart. And if uh, my uh, my uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, a modest, not too big Facebook page called George Wiley Writes, and occasionally I'm on AllPoetry.com, and on a few other places, and of course here on Thursday nights. Very very cool. Very cool. All right, my dear. Thank you, George. Great job tonight. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Our next caller, and I'm going to go ahead and give the next three. We have 604, then we have 219, and 504. 604, 219, 504. All right. So 604, are you with me? I am. Um, thank you for having me on the show. Hello, Cynthia. So, um, How are you? Oh, my God, you remember me. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm Cynthia Sharp, and I was on the show once before because I usually work Thursday evenings. And um, I got the evening off, so it was such a treat to be invited here. Well, I am glad to hear from you. Glad to hear from oh, you. Oh, I That's love great. this show. Yeah. So um, I have a new book out called Rainforest in Russet. That's beautiful. And it's... Um, it's a poetry collection, so I thought I'd read the title poem from it. Um, and the title poem was co-written by my really good friend and a wonderful poet uh, named Jude Neal. We're both located here in BC, um, where there's a lot of rainforest and ecosystems that we really need to protect. Um, which is not really the theme of this, but... Um, um, it just it takes place in the rainforest, and it's just so much a part of our lives to consider the rainforest. So this is Rainforest in Russet. In the silence between breaths, my truth rises. I fall into the space where the forest 
capture light? Is this the question or the answer to trust this journey of closure? A new opening repertoire. I dig for you in the shadows of dying gray matter to find a slip, a morsel of foggy memory. How we set up your chessboard the night we met, photograph the pieces in their complicity to be art. The queens, their own fashion statements, balanced in the spotlight. Horses rode across the checkered landscape, free of battle scars or fear. Configurations came and went. We both knew the game transcended competition. Our strategy, a decade-long tango of connection. We played until slivers of dawn shone on an empty stage. Now at the threshold of rainforest in russet, ash into earth, to whatever is or isn't, I am released. End poem. That was incredible. I loved Thank how, you. loved how it was like something is so well understood that it doesn't have to be explained. It's born already a story. Wow, thank you. What a nice thing to say about it. <laughs> um, it, it came about, too, Jude was so easy to write with. Um, we were scheduled to read at the same event, and so we just um, met for lunch and decided to write a poem. We just took turns and just answered each other. And also came from um, a meditation I'd had where I was thinking a lot about death and missing my grandmother and just, I don't know the mystery of death. I don't know if there's anything after this. I have no idea, but um, I just kind of decided to be at peace even if there's not anything else and to kind of have that existential sense of peace that even if this life is all we all we have and even if we just go into the earth to find peace in that and um, then we're just and we're also thinking about how no matter how amazing our partnered lives are that the final letting go is kind of between ourselves and the universe and you mm-hmm. just kind of slip into that peaceful gray. But I had this meditation of um, sort of my body going gray, but this incredible piece of sunlight in the rainforest. And that's where it came from, and she helped me write it out. That's absolutely beautiful, just beautiful imagery. Wow, thank you. You're very welcome. And kind of reminds me of so a I, line I wrote in one of my poems that said, uh, that goes, I was born already buried in this place. Same concept. Yeah. There's something. um, I no longer try to explain the mystery. I accept the mystery, and I'm at peace with it. It's a nice place to be. Yeah. Great peace, honey. Thank you for sharing that. Uh Thanks so much. And I'll give people my URL. You can find me on a lot of places on the net. Um, I have my own poetry Corner at Cynthia's Poetry Corner dot dot com, and like a lot of people like George, I'm also on All Poetry. And I'm around the net. I'm easy to find on the net. <laughs> Very um, cool. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, it's an absolutely amazing show. So thank you so much thank for letting you, me be Cynthia. part of it. Thank you, Cynthia. We appreciate you being here.
and um, talk to you next time, and I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of the poets. Awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Bye-bye. All right. Now, our next caller comes from area code... Oops, hang on. I admitted the wrong one. comes from area code 219. Hello. Now, how are you doing? This is Brother Ocean. Hey, how are you, sweetheart? I'm doing wonderful. So what's going on with you? I'm doing, doing well. Got a couple of speeches coming up this weekend. I didn't quite catch that. I said I have two pieces this weekend. You wrote two pieces? No, I have two pieces. No, I have Oh, you two have two pieces, pieces to read. Yes. yes. Is one I of them homework or is it just two pieces? Uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, I have uh, two pieces this weekend in Chicago. Oh, two features. I'm sorry. I'm having a really tough hearing you, baby. Yes, I have two features this weekend. That's awesome. Are you still there? I'll sit in now. The grid. Yes. No, I just said that's really that's really cool. That's really awesome that, that that's happening. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Been a been a long long time coming. Mhm. Yeah, you'll be fantastic, hon. Thank you. I appreciate it. I truly appreciate it. So, what did you bring us? Oh, uh, this is a a poem called "Brother O." Why do you call yourself the Living Miracle? Go ahead. According to Bible scholars, a miracle is defined as an event that defies and exceeds the law, known laws of nature and science, and the act of God which is done to human nature. Examples of the miracles that are documented in the Old Testament, the parting of the Red Sea, being with the bread from heaven. The walls of Jericho falling. The prophet Elisha reviving the dead child. Daniel saved from the den of lions. And the three men who were saved from the hot furnace. Examples of the miracles that are documented in the New Testament. The curing of the lepers. The healing of the centurion's servant. The calming of the storm. The brother who was uh, healed after they had 38 years by the size of pool, feeding the 5,000, Lazarus being raised from the dead. My dear brothers and sisters, I know that some of you out there who are listening right now, I wonder in your inquiring mind about why I call myself the living help. I'm here to give you some background on how my stage name came about. In the beginning, of my poetry journey, my stage name was Brother O. Upon me joining the POEC organization in Chicago, as my gifts and talents began to make room for me, 
And as my base of fans and supporters increase, the president, the president of POEC himself, came up with this really an idea referring to me as Force of the Miracle while he's introducing me to perform on stage. That has stuck with me ever since. A few years ago, I officially changed my stage name to Brother O Deliver Miracle Professor Force. After those of you who are very skeptical about the existence of miracles, and those of you who don't believe in miracles at all, you are very much entitled to your beliefs and opinions. Allow me to explain to you why I am an authentic living miracle in the flesh. Now, by all accounts, I shouldn't even be living right now. I should have been buried in the cemetery many years ago. You're listening to a man who has endured three open heart surgeries and numerous test procedures, who has endured eight episodes of regular heartbeats, who has endured four episodes of congestive heart failure, who has survived, who has survived nearly having a stroke at the age of 32, who has endured kidney stones, hypertension, and thyroid issues, and who has dealt with a congenital heart condition since birth. You're also listening to a man who was placed in sexual education class until the fourth grade. A man who was not expected to talk at all. A man who was not expected to grasp and comprehend English language. A man who wasn't expected to write with such clarity and proficiency. And a man who wasn't graduated from high school and or college. I'm an authentic living miracle who has seen and heard evidence from many brothers and sisters who are completely healed from sicknesses and disease. Where well, there are many stories and accounts of brothers and sisters taking off their medications, having their surgeries delayed, or having their dosages significantly reduced. And I've heard many stories about brothers and sisters having test results come back showing no traces of sickness and diseases in their bodies whatsoever. I'm living evidence that miracles happen every day. Living evidence that the laws of science and nature can be defied and superseded. Living evidence that all forms of affliction can be overcome with a positive attitude. And living evidence that all forms and sicknesses and diseases are eradicated in the name of Jesus. Now, for non-believers to suggest to me that doctors and medicine considering in my healing is the direct insult of my knowledge of the Word of God and my intelligence. And he or she needs to read the Bible to show themselves a fool before you even attempt to got to realize there's a miracle like myself. Excuse me. You ignorant and uneducated fool? Last time I checked, Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5 says, By his stripes, I am healed. And doctors and medicine can never do what God can do. That's your thought right there, in form. That is awesome. So uh, are you going to be reading that one at one of the features this weekend? Yes, I'll read that, this particular form at both features this weekend. I'm That's going to be uh, awesome. I'm doing a testimonial showcase this weekend. Very cool. I'm proud of you. That's going to be really exciting. You'll have a lot of fun doing that, hon. Congratulations. Yes. 
All right. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you. Oh, hello, my friends. To those of you who are familiar with my work, I can be found on the, on Facebook and on my brother O Gatman, and on Twitter under the handle Brother O nineteen seventy five. And thank you for your support every week. Very cool. All right, sweetie. Good job, and we'll talk to you next week, hon. Okay, now take care. <laughs> you too, brother O. Bye bye. Hello. All right, our next caller comes from area code 504. 504, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hey, you can't hear me then. <laughs> I was waiting for the, the little thing to tell me, hey, you, you cool? Anyway, um, it's me, Cookie. How you, baby? How are you, Cookie? Oh, God, you know, I'm so blessed I'm guilty. <laughs> I mean, what can you do? What can you do? You know, you get what you get, and there's so much. And then there's so many who ain't got it. And like tonight, man, there's a lot of people suffering tonight. So, you know, almost like, well, Sorry, y'all, you know, because it's the world and it happens and everywhere's got something, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. everywhere as you go, it's something. So God bless them. I, I just hoping everybody's learned they, they live over there and like where we live over here in New Orleans, you know, we do the best we can, but a lot of us know how to get out of that. So um, anyway... I'm calling because I know a lot of y'all don't know, but um, I've been, I, let me see if I remember how to say it. I've been trying to learn the way they do this on the on the TV and all and, and, and like to promote stuff now. Okay, a lot of folks been saying, I call this the beast. Anyway, it's, um, I finally finished this thing I've been writing. I started as a birthday poem called Morrigan Song, and it's a big old, um, you know, mythology mishmash, and it's a good, hopefully it turned into a good story along the way, Um, (laughs) now like five years later, it's like 24,046 words, and I'm OCD enough to go find 46 to cut out of there, just so it could be a perfect (laughs) 24,000. But, you know, like I'm going to tell him, I wrote it for my brother, Cutter, and who is the god of words. But um, I'm going to tell him, look, I'm going to give this to you, but every few years I'm going to have to give you an updated version because the only way, when I die, you know, I stop fucking with it. And guess what? That means now I'm fucking with you to fuck with it. So I never know how to stop this stuff. But anyway, so um, I finished it, and I wanted to just, you know how they say misery loves company and this sucker been harming me for five years? I figured the least I could do is share it, baby. So I'm going to give you all a little snippet from it. <laughs> and um, awesome. I don't think nobody got <laughs> to jump hard into it. Uh, just listen to it like you listen to a new Pink Floyd song. 
And uh, don't worry about the mythology. If you want to know, let me know, and I'll hook you up, and you can go look it up. And I guarantee you, everywhere you look, I got something for you. <laughs> anyway, this is in the style of the old bard, you know. It's like if, um, I don't know, um, and maybe not not me, but I'm just saying, hopefully, if, if um, you know, if, uh, the, if the rhyme of the ancient Mariner was written in New Orleans, old Sammy had grown up here, maybe it might sound like this, but except he knew what he was doing, and I don't. So anyway, let, I'm going to give you all a little run of it. And I think all you all got to know is, um, you know, our heroine's name, uh, Shella, and she's at the the big pagoda in uh, Rangoon. Um, Myanmar, the big booty thing, Buddhist, I mean. All right, let's, it's just a little short snippet. Here we go. Um, Morgan song. A weathered but well-aged nun, delicate and elegant, washed sojourner's feet, dutiful, too humble to engage a faith, shall knelt, persuaded the elder general matron to rest and feel the water refresh her hot, callous souls. The nun crumbled, brow-grounded, palms held heaven from the floor, wept. A gentle sniffle betrayed a haunted till. Her tears were sparse now, precious catharsis of what is, and if not, a daughter's lot swept close enough to brush up by for small memories spotted among a granite palace of knotted senses. Snap, crackle, and pop come seldom clear. Rumors of sisters knitted in silk cartographies, cartographies she lost the keys to. Shelda relinquished with a hug and a sting, bowed habit kiss, peace be and bliss be, she reached reckon missing. Pilgrims and merchants and tourists and kids, Shelda touched everything, loved each show, each soul, each gift. A fiddle ferried a fuchsia. Firefall filter, wet wax reflected reflections of the spectrum, sentiments paint prayer vessels against rosy bonfire embers, ascendant simple renderings unzipped, decrypted assistance dispatched or sympathy cast people come for people, care for people they relate to, everything relative, angels pace. Equations stained with general relativity onto the mainframe. Humanity reveals one and another through the moody blue matrix. Shella saw the sepia scheme streaming up from Swedagon to the Pleiades. The nun's white spotless habit gathered flowers floor strewn in stained glass pattern upon the marble before the grand stupa, gold chimed in mobiles dripping bells. She sat back on feet, veil of devotions felled, shed the habit, wetting the blessed prioress's face, wet orchid petals, sateen cheeks beneath eyes, belying the wild cat eye glint of marble, moss marble, or jade envy set, twin sun blink beacons and winks dartled glossy hearts of baby nebulae. 
swimming specks of earth, eyes of urgent suit, but whales strained and strangled haze, pain, the starved abyss of abandoned cradles, spinal locks like bloodstone bee drapes, breeze trembled, swallowed the hollow roots of purple, all the red ever owned, shone beholden in her halo, a glow faith felt like ultraviolet. Sisters hissed, emphasis mischievous pulse, pump the belly flopping dust. All right, that was the end of that little snippet, y'all. That was incredible. That was absolutely incredible. I love the imagery that you put in there. It almost made me feel like, you know, femininity standing there in all its its perfume and blood and not making excuses for any of it and just saying this is perfect. I know I'm not explaining it the way I'm trying to, but I just thought it was amazing. It was very powerful. Well, this- the um the, this whole piece is nothing but about strong women. I got one grandson and a bunch of granddaughters. <laughs> so this whole thing is about strong women. And I always said in my last life I was a hooker in London. So I got you know I was a woman there. So anyway, um, you know you got to deal with that. I guess. <laughs> Sorry. I guess sometimes <laughs> we talk too much. <laughs> That's Either funny. that or I'm some kind of medium. I've never been to London, so I don't know, but it didn't end well for me. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. But I had a nice hat, and I still like nice hats. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I love you, and I miss you, and um, gosh, I've been working, 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 and um, trying, trying. i got so much to do and so much, just, you know, not much time, but um, anyway, um, I try to listen, even mainly I'm working on a Thursday night, uh, but I try to listen, and I'll let y'all know about it, and I hated to burden y'all with this, and hopefully it's not too fucking way out there that nobody could get it, but sometimes we take the language for language sake, and we take the story for story sake, and if y'all want to know the story, I ain't selling it or nothing, get in touch with me, and um, and I'll, I'll hook you up. I, I got to tell you what, though. Um, I did get an offer from a good friend of ours um, to run it as a serial in her magazine, but I don't know. That was a little while back. So we'll see what, what happens with that. And um, and until, you know, we do what we do, because if nobody's listening, we're going to do it anyway, right? <laughs> oh, Cookie, you're awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. That was a great read tonight. You are too. I'm sorry. I stumbled around. Okay, y'all. Uh, find me uh, Moon Cookie Anything. I think I got a Moon House. I think it's called Moon House on uh, w- w- uh, WordPress. But find me on Facebook. Dwayne St. Romain. Yeah, my daddy gave me that name. Named after Toby Gillis. Uh, so Dwayne St. Romain. Come, you can find me anywhere. Find my music. I need friends. I'm not trying to do nothing anymore. Um, I just do it. Because that's the most I can do right now. So, uh, but you know, I like to hear y'all um, ideas. You know, I ain't, so you got an idea? Come help me out. 
say, hey, I like this or don't or whatever. If not, guess what? Um, I'm going to keep on putting it up, and I'll hey, look Cookie, out for y'all. All right. When are you going to finish that I'm book listening. I'm in? Okay, so let me tell you what happened. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was okay, kind of so badass. I finished... I found out, okay, I, I, you know, I, I thought I finished the first book in 2012, right? And uh-huh. So I started querying it but I, and writing the second book. Now, in the meantime, I started this thing over here. No, I, I thought it was going to be a one birthday poem. I didn't know the dang thing was going to possess me. But anyway, <laughs> um, so... I'll query, 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 and, you know, like, a lot, I had a lot of good friends that are good writers, and they told me, hey, look, first of all, if people's writing you back and not just ignoring you, you're all right, but they all seem to give you the same advice, so you need to kind of pick that, and so I started trying to learn what I had missed, and then I got it, and uh, I don't know if I do it good, but I know what I'm trying to do now, so I went back and I started rewriting that first novel, and then it came to this time where I was supposed to have this thing finished in um, July, and um, the sixth of July, and I and I was close, and it just kept talking and talking, and sometimes they don't leave you alone, and you just gotta get up and do it, and so I just let it have it, and and then I finished this now, and I gotta go back and do, finish this edit on the first book. And when I start querying that, I'm back on the second book. But I know what I got to do. I hadn't wrote it way too wide before. I got to tone it, dial it in. Because, you know, I got you in there. And, like, what else do you need but you in there? But um, <laughs> I got some other folks to go around in there. But, yeah, so um, I've got, I got to get on this first book. If I can write on the first book like I did from um, July to now, or well, from May to now, when I finished this uh, on the 13th, that was uh, this morning about one o'clock. Anyway, um, then then I should be able to get on the the second book, which is called Good Friday. Um, I should be able to get on that um, to start in the spring, but. I learned a lot between now and then, and so, I, and and a lot of things I did started off right in that that I was already learning. So it shouldn't be that long, but I'll guarantee you I'll keep you up. And in the meantime, I'll be <laughs> trying to sell this first book <laughs> because that's what you do if you got it. But in the meantime, you know I, I have followed every word that you've had to say completely. <laughs> you, you didn't lose me once. How exciting is that? <laughs> We speak the same language. You are an amazing woman. You are an amazing woman. You are an amazing human being. If you can follow me, I, I even did. lose me. So, so I look. I love you. And um, oh God, you are my oh, my mighty muse, my my host of here and herons all together. And um, I just love you to death. And so um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you. And so um. Yeah, I got, uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a lot better when we come back with that one than I was. I can't wait for you to see um, see what, the way the the first book is coming out. It's like I got the hang of this because well, you know what? I had well, a friend them to who told me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna. Well, I'm thinking. If you want, I'll send you this copy. 
I'm also going to put it in like a novel format because it's like a novella. And a lot of people can understand because I'm very careful with grammar and sentencing in my poetry. So, um, you know, you could put it easily into a novel format. But And so I, could, I was wondering if you want to send me this. But um, what I was going to tell you um, about that is that uh, – you yeah, haven't got sidetracked about it. That um, – let me know. Let me know. I'm gonna send you the first one. Uh, the minute it gets through, I'm gonna, I, I can send you this one. You can you can tell me what you think. I have some um, format questions. I'm still kind of curious about if I if it works better in this this place or novel place because when you put it in verse form, it's not a metered verse, but there's a rhythm. But yet every every line gets its own uh, visual weight. And gets its own, um, you know, the words have their own place to see uh, the words as a as a in a line. So, but when you put it in in novel form, the action flows better and it's all correct that way. So, but yeah, we'll do it that. I'll send them to you. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I got lost. <laughs> All right, I got lost my own stuff. You see, you said you see, you can you can follow me, and I lost me. I followed you. Anyway, I followed you. I love you, friend. Great job, oh. mate. Thank you. So I love you, love you, everybody. Y'all come say hey, and uh, if look, I come to Facebook. I'm, I might not be there a lot, but I come, and and if you give me something when I come, I'll give you back what you gave me, and I'm always grateful for it. So thank you so much, and y'all please. Please never let me miss a chance to help. Live y'all bliss. Yeah? All right. Cook y'all. Yeah? Thank you. <laughs> Bye, <Tina>. Nala. <laughs> Bye-bye, hon. All righty. Our next caller, going to go ahead and give us the next three so you know where you are. We will have area code. Oh, I just dropped a call. So um, let me check with uh, 424. Have you been on yet, hon? No. Okay, I'm going to bring you on next. Hang on, hang on, just one second. All right, so our next caller will come from area code 424. Then we have 832 and then 732. Okay, so let's go ahead and re-grab 424. 424, you're on the air. Hello, Nala. This is Anthony Arnold. Hey, Anthony. Oh, my goodness, sir. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yes, it has. Did you, did you hear me almost lit, almost literally fall out of my chair? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can pick your you can pick your ball up off the ground now. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a long time. You know, I've been on on Facebook now ten years, I think, and mm-hmm. and you were like one of my first friends when I got on there. Mhm. So yeah. I've known you a while. It's really good to hear from you. Yeah, I had to, I I was able to uh, get on because I was like, she's gonna think I mean I'm I'm I've forgotten all about her, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's been how long since you've called in? Oh God, I don't even remember. <laughs> Eight years. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not even close. It seems like it. It seems like it. It's so so quiet when you're not here. <laughs> not to be, feel bad or anything. 
Stop. But I'm, I'm, I'm all better now. <laughs> How have you been? Oh, not bad. Um, yeah. Been going through some medical stuff, but otherwise, I'm doing okay. Well, that makes me happy that you're doing well. Medical yeah. stuff's crappy. I've got some coming up too, but yeah, as long as we're doing good, you know, I always, I always say that every day I wake up is the best day of my life. I don't care, care how crappy it is. I ain't got the truth. Mhm. <laughs> so what you bring us to? I have a piece for you called Cry. We we shed the tears for days gone by, for those who have transitioned on, and for those who lived a full life, and for those who never had a chance to. Cry tears of joy for those who watched over us, who raised us when our parents couldn't, who tanned our hides when needed, who were our staunchest supporters any time. They were the village. Cry tears of rage for the children taken before their time. Lies and pure, unadulterated hatred took them before they had a chance to live. Cry tears of passion for the souls taken. Lynched in the name of God in a white race. Men, women, and sometimes children. The elimination of the black race to go. But they could not succeed. Criteria of power and of strength. Martin, Malcolm, Medgar, and Rosa. People who gave us hope in our darkest days and times. Criteria of sadness for the murders. Unarmed black men and youth gunned down in the streets, left to lay there like so much garbage. I cry for my ancestors that they should have to watch the destruction of their people, their children, by those of their enemies, and by those that call them brother in peace. That was phenomenal. Thank you. No, you know why I'm so sad when you're not oh, here. No. <laughs> 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 really, really not trying to make you feel guilty or anything, but just saying, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I see. <laughs> uh. That's funny. It's a good thing we don't have a child together. You'd be really in trouble. <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't say, too, don't say that too loud. The next thing we know, we'll, it'll be on, all, all over Facebook. You know, Nyla and Anthony got a child together? I love child. Oh, <laughs> and they named him, named him, what would we name him? Um, let's name him Verse. I have. Verse. Hmm. That's a good name. Oh, no idea. 
Verse. Verse is a good name. V E R S. Yeah, verse. Okay. Make that. A, you should make that a prompt. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting to see what came up. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> All right, darling. <laughs> I'll stop messing with you and creating Facebook rumors. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> now, your homework assignment is to write a poem called The Child We Never Had. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. You won't stay away so long next time, <laughs> will you? <laughs> oh, The Child We Never Had. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, darling, tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can catch me at my poetry page, um, AA the Tiger's Den. Um, my uh, website is um, www.authoranthonyarnold.webs.com. Very cool. All right, and we will see you here next week, huh? Uh, uh we'll see. <laughs> I may be still trying to conjure up something for that prop <laughs> just gave me. <laughs> oh, all right, sweetheart. Great job tonight. It really was good to hear from you. I'll try and make it more often. Okay, I appreciate it. We love hearing from you, honey. All right, sweetie. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, I'm such a delinquent. Okay, our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Hey, Miss Nyla. Hey, sweetie. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you? You were yeah, away from the I'm phone. Right. I could hear you. You sounded so far away, yeah. and then you came to. No, I was, I was, <laughs> no actually, I was trans- transcribing another piece because I just, you don't know, it just kind of hit me, and I was kind of like a. It's weird. It's there's, there's been that that kind of like one image has transposed itself a couple of different ways in terms of uh, interpretation. So I've just been kind of like working with it because I've, and uh, well, in recent times I've just kind of had the, the thinking of. Uh, of what that is for me. And there's, there's some images that are so, uh, uh, have such a strength to them that I've, that I literally have to bleed them to bland. So that's what I do. And just keep working with them until they're, until they're, until they kind of like rest, rest easily. So it's, you know, it's a process. It is. In any case. I am I was you know, it's really funny. I was just thinking about you today too, wondering if you were gonna call in tonight. I'm really glad to hear from you. Well, I've got that one piece and um I don't know. I mean it's good and I like it and it's it's a very strong work. Yeah, you know, wait, 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 stop right there. I'm really glad that you say stuff like that. When a poet said when that's kinda of like word porn for me. When I hear a poet said, you know, it's a good piece and and you know I, I did really good work on it and it's and 
that to me just that that makes my toes curl, you guys. I I just want you to know that seriously, <laughs> you know, because there's all you know. Everyone's saying the meek poet, the quiet poet, the shy poet. I say bullshit. You know, we have voices. Well, we change. Oh yeah. We change destinies. We change the world. We change history. We change. I was going to say underwear, but that really sounded stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know, it, it's the the shy poet. I I hate that. You know, we write because well, we have something yeah. to say, so get up and say it and say it loud. And it's okay to say I wrote this piece and it kicks ass. I really like this piece. Yeah. And I love that you do that. Well, yeah. Well, I well, I I don't have a choice on that. I do what I do, and I mean, in this one in particular, the only reason I'm kind of like kind of like looking at it like you know com- I guess you could say like sitting back from it and looking at it from different angles is uh do you, you remember um the the work that I that I did back in uh in 2016 about uh the uh the the the, the native folk that were out there uh, in uh, peaceful protest against the uh, Dakota Access on the, pipeline. Wa- on the water line yeah yeah, and and there there was that one work that I did that it was a, that that uh, took place or the action that happened that inspired the work was uh, just around the time of Thanksgiving, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that, but it was like a real slammer. Well, this one, uh, I kept looking at that p- photo of that of that snake that you know, even in even in death, you know, because because my people have a saying and. and I, I would have to look it up to, to give you the exact uh, of what it says, but the 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 what it means is in in desperation, regardless of the consequences. In other words, you don't care what's going to happen after; you just know what you have to do at that moment. And uh, you know, looking at that snake, even in its death, it, and being coiled around it to face the flames that was that were coming at it. You know, and, and, and willing to fight for its life, even though it knew it wasn't going to come out of the you know the other end with its life, but it was mm-hmm. willing to fight anyway. And it just, uh, well, it just took me to this place. So that's that. I mean, that's actually that's the only. If I if I sound like I have some reticence about reading it, that's the only reason why, because it just came out. You know, it came out. It came out. You know. It came out like you know, it came out slamming. So I'm gonna do my best to do it justice. Because if I've said it once, I've said it a couple of times. These are not my stories; they just pass through me, and they are to be shared, and they are part of everybody else. This um, this work is called Spirit Bone. Fierce forces, dispersal. Dispossession. Genosche. You might assume I speak solely of human beings. Not so. Nonke. Nonke hu. Spirit. Spirit bone. Shudze moninga. Red earth spirit. It is what connects us to the rest of creation. Soul is a boast. A verbal mouthing jab at being above perceived lesser beings. 
in control, a sense of dismantlist destiny, authority to us sovereign nation as sovereign first nations. It means nothing. Verbal forges, burnt words, dasuda, grounds, no offerings, no solace for earth, soul tooled, soul a disconnect to promote divine right. The balance thus lost. I'm through schooling you. Catch up to my conversation if you want, if you wish to be better informed. Yine have a saying, walk in beauty. Half of you have forgotten which people have this name for themselves. Most of you in your pre-structured thinking want to go hippie-esque and have not one clue of what I mean by walking in beauty. The meaning is more than I will say. If you want to walk it further, do your own research. I am not here to spoon-feed you. Walking in beauty with the rest of creation, balance in all things, connection to all that is creation, knowing your place of stewardship, that gift also includes responsibility. Understanding that responsibility is also a gift. Duty, honor, respect for earth are the gifted tasks meant for human beings and has nothing to do with the gross of greed of plundering nor the rapine of using all as you see fit. Nor conquest, nor harnessing of energies, or any other colonized sounds you can utter that require an alien death of something else for your benefit. Land, animals, land-based, river-bound, and ocean-formed beings. Humanity is not in charge. There was never any such intent placed upon the creation of human beings. Flesh and spirit that we should rule all else. We are just another strand of formed life, and many of you have forgotten the being part of your story. Nonke, the spirit you were created with, flesh is only a made bag to carry the bone of your spirit in. Wahyu, on this earth walk, a memory of divine to be greater than flesh. You're too stuck in the mud of your skin. And I have no reason to waste more than the minimal on mammals who refuse to act better than the mass they have made of themselves, forgetting origin and becoming so civilized. Drought-parched earth, man-made dust regions by overpopulation, no controls placed upon your chronic self-involved greed-infested bones. Wahi. Red Earth has a name for such an insatiable greed. Wendigo, monstrosity, natural evolved or selfish manipulated devolution. Wadzimi, welcome to your disease, the one that will choke you out sooner than later. Dodze Uthingi Wetsa, California form of disaster. Dispersal, dispossessed, a snake driven by smoke, the withering heat flame 
of human madness, misfortune, conceptual trauma forced upon those without human speech. The only evidence the scars welt upon their flesh, which you then eat. What kind of necrophilia is that? You eat the disease you made. Kind of like the mad cow thing, yeah? Shorts Smoke seeping through holes and warrens of those who pay no rent and yet have still paid dearly for the land that they are part of. Shorty with uh, soul, smoke fine snake, tendril intangible, deadly signet of fire, no substitute for a breath of fresh air in the awe. A reptilian and found smoke displaced, driven, fearless, distance becomes a losing battle. A breath of heat and injury. <gasps> Run, God damn you! Run! Call! God damn it! Run! No escape. Nowhere to flee. Wetsa turns to fight back. Shiagita, the only way it knows how. No politic agenda, no banners, no wristbands, smartphones. What the hell is that anyway? No PC hypersensitivity roles to play of self-censorship, just the will to live. Willing to fight to the end, survival, burning circles, embers, Flames, boe, an enemy to strike. No weakness, no softness. Maybe with your sense of the twisted, you'd like to call the snake a terrorist insisting on attempted survival because it cannot withstand the massive blunders you have made in land management. Trees, those who stand praying, morphed become living torches, sap exploding, smothering the rasp sounds snake would make. Say, what's that? Death found snake. Snake came upon death. One more bone returned to essence, spirit. Fangs extended, body coil to strike at. Snake died an unconquered death. It's being, even after death, a testimony to courage, a stance of defiance. Would you say this was being, this being was non-compliant to your plans of devastation, nithe, annihilation, all smoke, foam, shorze, baotra, troca, fluoride, Florida, red bloom, my ass. Toxic waste discharge, fines for illegal ocean dumping, the EPA cost of doing business, not a natural phenomenon. Female killer whale pushing its dead, just born, 17 days. A grief response to starvation, and now you want to put her in a pen? 
You scoop the ocean, pollute it without thought, and death is what you reap. Well, it's finally caught up with you, and you can't hide it. The tonnage, obscenity of dead sea creatures, stationary and otherwise, sand dollars, fish, sharks, sea turtles, orca pods, is not due to natural causes. Your day of reckoning is upon you, King Haska. Confess it. I speak with no religious fervor. I promote no environmental cause. I espouse no hidden agenda of retribution or return at the last. I, like snakes, stand at the ready. I will bring no victory you would recognize. I will not be the last man standing. I will give my best, and with honor I shall pass. And I pray, that I, like snakes, shall die with dignity. If not, then at the very least I too shall die an unconquered death. As one with all my loved ones, ghost road born and walking forever, walking our way home, we'll see. Born as we are, with full understanding of who we are, spirit and bone, it is done. Sean, and peace. That was unbelievable. And I mean, you know it. You know what an important piece that is. That That was absolutely essential. Incredible, Soldier Blue. Well, thank you. I, I, like I said, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do less than honor the courage that that snake, you know, was showing in in the face of the fires out there in California. I had to be acknowledging of that. That's that's just. I love the uh I just love the whole imagery of it. The the snake turning around, you know, to bite the fire. And I've seen things like that before. You know, I've I've seen things where nature will you know, in nature you see something turn around and bite back and you wonder, what in the hell is it thinking? I got attacked by a flipping praying mantis mantis one time. You know, I could have stomped on it, but it made me scream and run. It put up its little hands like boxing gloves, and it was going to kick my butt. And it scared the hell out of me, and I ran away. That little bug turned around, you know, just like that snake turned around. (laughs) So when you're reading that, I was thinking about that praying mantis thing. Yeah, I was a fire that time, and I I got put out. (laughs) Yeah. But that was was an incredible piece. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, I just wanted to say, you know, I mean, because that brings to mind something to me. You know, I mean, a lot of people, when they, you know, quote, unquote, try to delve into you know, native spirituality, they always are talking about eagles and hawks and, you know, various birds of prey. But you know what? My little cousins, the sparrows and the, the titmice, they are just as important as the hawk and the, and the eagle. Mm-hmm. There is no difference in their being. They are not lesser than. They're just different. Yeah. And just the same, you know, there's no difference really, you know, in that sense of survival instinct between the snake and the praying mantis. I mean, 
different strands, obviously, but still the same. Mhm. Yep. It wasn't. It wasn't going to go down fighting. It didn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Incredible, incredible piece. Well, thank you. I, like I said, I had to do it justice. You did. And you can find me on uh, Facebook as uh, Rafe Wild, and then in parentheses it'll say Soldier Blue, and that's me. And I've I've got that photo on uh, on my page too. I'll go take I'll take a peek at it when I get done here. Okay, because I like I say when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, Miss Nyla. Okay. Awesome. All right, Soldier Blue, great job. Tell everyone how to find you, honey. Oh, I just did, but I'll say it again. And yeah, Soldier Blue, time. that's um, well, Rafe, Rafe Wild at uh, and uh, at Facebook.com, and then in uh, parentheses is uh, Soldier Blue, and that's me. Yeah. Very cool. I'm I'm googling snake in California fire right now. Oh yeah. Well, see, this was a, this was this, see see this is see this don't is something that a lot of people don't realize with the with you know with the a lot of the drop in uh, the drop in fire teams. A lot mm-hmm. of those drop in fire teams that they that they basically do the hot shots in various uh, areas oh, it's the where, where, where like there are those kind of things. Up, right? Exactly. I've seen that but one. I saw that the in, other day. Still coiled and ready to go. And yep. uh, the, a lot of those hotshot teams are native. And they're from various uh, reservations all over the country. And they get transported to wherever the fires are the hottest. And they do the, you know, they get in there and they, they try to put the, you know, bring things back under control. And that was a picture sent to, uh, by a son to his dad, you know, of what he'd seen out there in the California fires when they got hotshotted in there. Yeah. That's amazing. All right, hon, are you going to be back next week? Yes, I will. Got much more to do. Uh, just as a kind of a little bit of a preempt, um, the, 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 I've got the, the two pieces that I'm actually going to flesh out. I don't know which one I'm going to read yet, but uh, one is uh, Dead Man Walking and one is Dead Man Waking. So that's just kind of, I'm looking, looking at both of them. Because they're both, trust me, they're not, not anything like you would think, you know. Not the not the typical as to you know where it starts. <laughs> it's definitely going to go my own my own la- natural landscape. It always but, does. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, you're an ecosystem <laughs> all on your own. <laughs> hey, you know, if we can't walk to a different drum, what the heck good are we? <laughs> exactly. All right, hun. We'll talk right, to you next Nyla. week. Thank you, Soldier Blue. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Miss right. Nyla. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers. We have 732-216 and 919. 732, you are on the air. Hello. Hello. So you can hear me all right. All right, very good. Heavy metal boat calling in from the Jersey Shore. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Uh, you know, adjusting to the weather. I'm always going to say something about the weather because, you know, here in Jersey, especially on the shore area, it's like, can we please not have all four seasons happen in one day? <laughs> yeah. That's, I, mean, I know how that goes. Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, we're only minutes from the beach, so whatever happens, no matter where it happens, Atlantic Ocean, it happens, we feel the effects here. <laughs> so it's like, 
the weather can't make up its mind. So, when, you know, when the weather's affected, I'm affected, you know, with my arthritis. I just, I'm just all over the place. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's fun, sure, sure. It's fun. Come here. All Benny's come here. We go out west. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Every, everywhere, everywhere you go, I know there's a different term for Benny's. People that come from New York come down here to vacation. Where us New Jerseyans go to vacation, we go to Amish country. We go out there. We, yeah, we I've got a friend. I was sitting there today trying to plan a trip up to Delaware. Delaware, Delaware. Um, why? Because a friend of mine has been uh, doing a dive, a uh, exploration dive in one of the rivers or the lakes up there, the big lake up there. I can't remember what the name of the lake was. Um, in Delaware? But has discovered in Delaware and has discovered evidence of a new tribe of indigenous people, uh, ancient uh, prehistoric indigenous people that we didn't know existed before. And so they've been pulling artifacts and stuff out of there, and I really want to go help. Well, if you want to find a different tribe of people, it definitely would be in Delaware, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I collect exciting and interesting people in my life. Don't you know this? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, definitely. It would be in Delaware. Nothing in Delaware at all. So, what did you bring us, Mr. Uh, Metal? <laughs> all right. Um, I have been working on and I have completed a new Well, In a, in a couple of weeks, um, at the end of uh, September, I am involved with that whole Rock to Adopt program, which is a uh, adopt animals at the Popcorn Park Zoo. Um, uh, and I'm the only person that will perform their spoken word, after, uh, you know, within two days worth of bands. And, and, you know, I'm asked to write a piece for the animals and all that stuff. And it's all nice and good, completely out of my element. I am completely not reading it tonight. Um <laughs> oh, you figured out. <laughs> figured I guess you hyped up for nothing. Uh, no, um, I will read it though, and and um, bring it out in the open after the event. Though I'm just kind of keeping it under hidden right now because it's like you know. I don't know. Oh, it's something you wrote specifically yeah, I don't, I don't for that event, right? <laughs> what? It's something you wrote specifically for that event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just for the adoption for the animals, and you know all the ins and outs and what they could do for you, and you know it's just a lot more to it. I've been doing it. For the past few years, but this one's pretty lengthy. I'm gonna get every piece I can laminated. I'm gonna, you know, I was asked to take them and sell them at the event to help raise money for the animals. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, I'm the drum tech, I'm the time management keeper for the bands and all that. It's gonna be a big event this year. It's crazy. So, I'm very honored and proud to be part of that. And about, I want to say, okay, the 29th and 30th will be the Rock to Adopt uh, actual event. And then let me see the Sunday before that, which is the 23rd. I have a calendar for me. 23rd, I'll be on Danny Coleman's Rock to uh, Rock on Radio program, talking about it. So I'll be actually on air on radio talking about everything. And that's the day I will actually release the poem out to the public uh, on air. So after that, will be your show. Will be the following Thursday, the 27th. I will read it then. Very cool. <laughs> Until then, I am now going to read something really pissed off and angry. Uh, <laughs> oh, would you accept anything left? Want me to kick you in the shin to get you in the mood? Uh, okay, go ahead. Whack. Okay. Uh, all right. 
Ow. Ow, I felt that. I totally felt that. Don't get me wrong, I felt that. No, <laughs> no I figured it's a piece, because um, this is a piece I had written for September 11th, 2014, so every time, like, uh, you know, the memorance go, come, you know, comes around ever since the towers came down, I always write something, um, but this year I've been kind of busy, so here's, like, an older piece, but... um. Well, here we go. Let me uh, let, the, let, the, let the you know the poem speak for itself. Uh, okay, let's see. <clears throat> My shin still hurts. Hold on. <sighs> in memorance of a memory past, burns vivid in hearts his whom affected, within minds of the affected. For this tragedy does not result a beautiful death. Of this day, now a guide. Not that of our flag prevails our secured freedom over our shadowed history of honor. Yet it reminds us that on this day, our freedom on our own soil was breached and compromised. Without fail, knowing that this may have been avoided due to political confliction, not only our soldiers, the fallen hero, but the common man. Victims by guilty of association, condemned by the injustice, served by our own justice system, beheaded by leaders who speak lie in their truth as they are one in the same. The enemy knows not the extent of devastation that awaits them. We die, they die. By what means? What value? What purpose does this hold for our children are born? They born, they breed, they breathe. They bleed death as they grow to judge or misjudge, not only to honor the civil fallen casualties of expendable entities that believed in the system, the very same that caused this, but to honor everyone who is caught in the crossfire or crosshairs set and marked for the burning. As natural selection reformed the food chain with greed, animosity, scapegoats, and the falling in silence. A moment for the heroes, the fallen, and mind, heart, and soul, the people who ask why, what have we done to deserve this? Thank you. <laughs> Phenomenal. I don't combine, I, you, you know, I think that domestic life is melody because you don't read nowhere near as angry as you used to. But, but you still, you <laughs> <laughs> you still have that intensity about you that makes your words like bricks between eyes, and it's just awesome. You do great work. I appreciate it. I think I know why I don't sound as angry. <laughs> just just between you and me and, you know, the rest of the world that's listening. Um, when, I, when I started reading on your program, I lived in my own house. Okay, I had a house. I had a studio basement with everything, instruments, uh, you know, my drum kit. I had amplifiers. I had everything. So I did everything there. I had to sell my house, and now I live in an apartment. So I got to tone it down. All my instruments and stuff are in a freaking closet, and I got to, you know, <laughs> if I were to read loud, I would have the guy downstairs or the guy on the guy on the side of me pounding the wall saying, "Comment the so, down." So I have I have a writing prompt for you. <laughs> Go for it. I want you to write to write a piece to all your neighbors and people in your surrounding environment, and I want it to be titled "Don't Make Me Open the Closet." Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, dear, that makes me sound like I'm in the closet. Not <laughs> like I'm in Delaware or anything. Well, you know, that, that'll be the twist, is that you're not in the closet. But if you make me open the closet and bring this shit out, you are in trouble. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll write it. Very good. Of, of course, uh, of course, I got to write it along with the other piece I got to write for my wife that's been, you know, pissed off at me because I haven't written a piece about Grumpy Cat yet. <laughs> yeah, you said earlier you were a, you're a cat person. Mhm. Yeah, my wife's a cat whisperer around here. So if, if, if it's if I'm not slipping on cat goo, I'm, I'm stepping on cat toys. So. <laughs> I got a piece to write for her, and I got a, now a piece to write for you. No problem, I can do it. That works for me. I think that you should. All right. All right. Not a problem. All right. I'm taking up too much of your time. I'm sorry. Uh, you guys You guys continue with your show. I'll just stay here and deal with the weather. Uh, <laughs> all no, right. but seriously, you know, I'm, you know, stay safe with the Carolinas and all that. You know, I mean, it's, I know there's a hurricane out there. So we know what it's like to have one around here. <clears throat> you know, Sandy, <clears throat> you know, not, not speaking of one at all. But, um, we understand, so you know we're with you. But um, <laughs> but um, yes, yes. Who's ever listening in New Jersey? Come on out to Rock to Adopt on the 29th and 30th at the Popcorn Park Zoo in Lacey Township. I mean, out there they you know they help with the animals that are hurt. You know, it's the only place out in New Jersey you can go see three-legged deer. It's awesome. But they got a white tiger. They got a, it's an incredible zoo. But with the, with the kittens and the dogs, come on out. It's a great time. Twenty bucks a wristband, and it's it's for a good cause. Um, other than that, come to Crush Beneath Poetry to see more of my insane words and whatnot, and vids and uh, video, you know, pictures of my open mic, which is every first Thursday of the month. Um, over at the library, and we're having a Halloween uh, costume contest party come October 4th. Um, so everyone's welcome. Come by the Crush Me Poetry. Come see my crap. You know, say hi. You can post your stuff, and we have all the local open mics and stuff posted on that site. So it's like, it's for you. It's not for me. It's for you. It's, it's promotional. You know, come say hi. Put your stuff on, or give me the finger, or whatever. Very cool. So. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much, hon. Thank you for having me. I'll, I'll call back with your piece. All right, hon. <laughs> bye All right, bye. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. 216, you are on the air. I'm on the air. Yay. You, you are, doing? Mama. I'm doing awesome. <laughs> How are you, sweetheart? I'm hanging in there, putting one foot in front of the other and just, you know, making an attempt to run. Keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Thank you. Now, um, I have sat here so long, I pulled up like various amount of points. Do you want to hear the newest one? Do you want to hear the dialectical one? Or do you want to hear my favorite one alive? You heard it before. I want your favorite okay. one. Okay, that's alive. You heard it many times. It's called alive. <clears throat> And how do I know? I knew I was alive, not from the pain of giving birth, not from the excruciating, reoccurring toothache. Sometimes it's things like that that make you call on death. But see, I knew I was alive, though I did not feel alive. I felt no pulse, like when I was kidnapped, 
you know, the day she stabbed and killed my brother, not when they sentenced my male child for trying to be a hero, somehow. I knew I was alive because of little insignificant things, like little things that opened my eyes, such as sudden robotic moves or a glimpse of the mundane. These things made me aware of where the illusions end and real life begins more times than not. The heavy loads are too painful to digest, so I focus on the insignificant. Like when the man pushed his glasses up on his nose, but not when the weather was below zero and cold. I knew one day the tragedies would cause me to know that I would not be here forever. And I knew that one day the tragedies would cease and that feeling of living would increase. I knew that one day in spite of all these pitfalls and stumbling blocks, I finally realized that I was alive. Like, you know, when I saw the man push the glasses up on his nose, I knew I was alive. I saw the woman eating cheeseless Cheetos. One day light flashed a warning button alerting me that life is real and yet there were no rules attached. Life is complicated without rules and even with rules, life is still an unfair game. A complicated game of chance. I made two babies laugh as much as I could without appearing insane. Sat through a few movies, read only what and when I wanted, only when I wanted, because I was busy writing a bunch of poems. I wanted to dance every day. The only sacrifice I made was sometimes I wouldn't let myself. I wanted to leave right after the dancing stopped. Still knew I was living. Still knew I was a living being. When I saw how I stayed on the minds of the babies, babies never forget me. The child ran towards me. He had on training pads. He could not have been any more than three or a bit more than four, yet he ran towards me as I had been gone for so long, but he was gleefully greeting me. How could he remember me when I left? have only been like one years old. Yeah, he was about one year old when I left town. The other kid came over to help me, but he charged me $2. I said, I thought you were helping me from your heart. The child said, I am. But I still need $2. Hmm. That was real. The only thing acting up on my computer is the software that keeps my computer from acting up. I knew when I saw him, you know, the man pushing his glasses up on his nose. It was then that I knew I was alive. This must have been my test. Hmm. 
a child asked for $2 to help me from his heart. My maintenance software opens to error messages. Man pushes glasses up on his nose incidentally. It was at these crucial points. I now know my life was not an illusion, but that is how somehow, that is how I know I am alive. Thank you. That was incredible, Mama. So why why is that? Tell me why that one is your favorite. Because it's kind of like what you said at the beginning of the show, that it's just little incidents that is kind of like, that's it, how it came out. Like, like I said in the poem, that man <laughs> pushing glasses up on his nose, I'm like, why am I just paying attention to that? Why is that registering? You know, um, so I, I guess it's because it's just like really different, and I don't really understand why or can give you an explanation for it, but it just makes me feel like remembering that hmm moment again, like when that little child ran towards me, he couldn't have been like more than one years old when I came back, he was like almost three or four. So how can we even still remember? You know, it's just things like that. I can't explain it. <laughs> it's amazing. My mama, sweet mama, darling, schnooky wiki girl, please do me a favor and tell everyone how to show you some love. <laughs> okay. You have a really great show tonight. I was glad to hear Cynthia, and uh, mm-hmm. it was just Really wonderful. I enjoy it. I miss Stan. What happened to Stan? Is he out here? He'll be here. I'm sure he'll be here. Well, yeah, or no, he might not be here know. tonight. I think I got an email saying he was doing something this week. Okay, I just want to make sure he's or maybe it's next week. Or, I don't remember. Or maybe. Well, I hope anybody's not in, anyone that's out there on our show, one of our friends that we love, that you're not in harm's way, and if you are, then um, that you've left and. That you're safe, you know. I love you, Nyla. I love everybody. Thank you for listening, and I'm gone. All right, Mama. Thank you so much. Great job tonight, honey. I love you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Love you too. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code nine one nine nine one nine. You're on the air. Yes. Good evening. Good evening, Nyla. How are you, Granville? Oh, Elizabeth, I'm here waiting for the storm to come and go. Waiting for Florence. Yes, uh, I was going to do something short for you tonight. I'm listening, yeah. I'm here. Okay, I was going to do something short for you tonight. I'm going to do this one because uh, excuse me. I'm going to do this one. This one is called Beyond the Grave. You can find it on iTunes and other media. You can download, listen. Beyond the Grave. The thought of my death is an insult. To me, I am above this, this 
cannot be my fate. It is beneath me. I would remonstrate the indignity. Divinity does not become this. Rigor mortis and I should never be acquainted the rigid fool I am befuddled it disturbs me that I should have an end mortality I am above it the grave cannot contain it's a sham a force a transition a temporary thing and it shall pass we are more than this we are more than this thank you very much thank you very much I always love that piece. It's amazing. Great job on that, sweetheart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, when I was younger, people used to tell me that uh, I used to write more morbid. Mm-hmm. I used to write more, but it was realistic. It was realistic. I wrote with realism, so there will be a little, a little morbidity every now and again because Certainly, certainly the grave awaits us. Definitely. Yes. Anyway, my my name is Granville John Hedrington. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and so much more. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, and we will talk to you next week. Yes, ma'am, for sure. Very good. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you then. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, my dear. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code. Let's go ahead and give the next three. We've got 503, 903, and 540. All right. Those will be our next three callers. So let's go ahead and bring on area code 503. 503, are you with me? I'm here. Hey, sweetie, how are you? I'm good. I'm sitting around with a six-year-old. Is that Get good? Over here. Um, <laughs> we're on speakerphone. <laughs> uh, he's going to come Hi, provide special effects for the poem. <laughs> Get over here. All right, he's coming. All right. Would you like to hear our poem? I would love to hear your poem. Uh, We're trying hard to teach him how poetry works, but I love the show tonight, but uh, he's a little bored. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, here he comes. All right, we're ready. All right, here's the poem. I woke up from a bad dream. There were paper flowers on my floor, and my old friends had screwed up... The song we were singing 
And a raven said to me, Nevermore. Ah, but then a friend slapped me. And I said, It's just a dream. Paper flowers on the floor cannot sing. And I yelled at the bird, Your old poem is not my verb. But oh, how I miss lovely the more. John! Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> that that, that was it, huh? can, <laughs> Yeah, my six-year-old couldn't help slap her one more time, I guess. <laughs> That's too funny. That is way too funny. Oh, well. It's so good to hear from you. Uh, well, I still feel like comic relief for your freaking show. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook. Um, I am playing the uh, R&R Ranch auction this weekend. Uh, that would be the 21st. Uh, please come out and support these people. Now, it's not just a dollar to keep a horse, you know, overnight in the winter, but also a dollar to keep, you know, a child Riding horses. So, you know what's really cool, John? I was thinking about this the other day because I never talked to my mom or my sisters. You know that, um, but you are the the one person in my life that I talk to currently that I have known the longest in my life. There's there's oh, nobody yeah. before you that I still talk to, really. Because I met you my freshman really? year in high school and you were dating my sister. Yeah, so you're you're the person I've known longest. Everybody that I knew before you, I don't really talk to anymore. That's kind of cool. Well, if you go to my Facebook page, you'll see the song I'm going to preview at the uh, auction tonight. Um, I'm sorry, the auction on the 21st. And uh, it's a pretty cool song. So I'm excited for you. Huh. That is very cool. Well, let's see if I can control my grandchildren long enough <laughs> to get them to perform with me. <laughs> you know, that that redheaded hippie with a guitar and white bell bottoms, no shirt, and bare feet playing on the hill behind the high school. I never in my life thought I would hear him utter those words. Those damn grandchildren. <laughs> I am opening this. Sh- I, I am opening this show with a kazoo and a siren whistle, and going to tell everybody there are a swath of sinners sitting yonder, acting like a pack of fools. <laughs> That's too funny. All right, John, tell everyone how to find you again. Uh, Facebook. Uh, there is a short one-minute video of the uh, song I'm going to preview, and there's also a link to the auction. I would really love anybody in Portland, Oregon, to come out and go to Gresham and do this auction with us. And uh, also, um, you can find me pretty much any place, standing around smoking a cigarette. All right, I, I will start watching for you on every corner. Don't they have a song like that? Oh, I always 
California and Winslow, Arizona. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I do too, except, uh, you know, there's always a country girl in a pickup. <laughs> and you know what trouble those are. <laughs> I do. I've had personal experience. <laughs> okay, I want to hear a poem about it. <laughs> you know, you gave a bunch of poetry prompts, and uh, you know, I, I got in, I, I got in flowers, and I got in cut off. But you know, I mean, you know, two out of three ain't bad. Nothing is too sacred for me to ask and you to write about. Mm, I know I no limits. I have no, I have prompts. no social filter. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love your poetry prompts. And God bless you. Love you dearly, John. Thank you for calling in tonight, honey. All right. Peace be with you. Bye-bye. You too, sweetheart. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 903. 903, you are on the air. Awesome. This is Eric Nelson, Manly Shellman. How are you doing tonight, Nyla? I am doing amazing, Eric. It is great to hear from you. Thank you. That's great to hear you from you too. Ugh. I'm doing all right. Had a long day at work, and then I got McDonald's, and then my second cousin. We go out a lot, and he wanted to go eat pizza at a buffet. So I'm pretty full to the brim right now. Say, I ate McDonald's, and my second cousin. I'm thinking, dang, he was hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody ever feed that boy down there, you guys? Could get dangerous. <laughs> That's right. And watch out! I'm gonna eat everybody. <laughs> oh, I'm just joking. Zombie poetry. But is it, October is That's coming. right. I got a zombie poem too. It's too long to read on the air. It's called Zombie Paradise. It's actually was supposed to be in my second fourth book. Um, I did, uh, my fourth book is uh, Terrific Tales of of uh, Poetic Horror, and it's it's poetic, uh, poetic prose mixed together, so, but I'll have to, I'll have to send it to you sometime, it's kind of long, so I'm not going to read it on the, on, on the, on the air, but it's basically, uh, to make a long story short, they are, in, they are intellectual uh, zombies and they have a huge uh, island and uh, they actually like bring tourists in and they have made a virus and it turns you into a zombie and uh, that's kind of and like then eventually, food source isn't it yeah precisely yeah <laughs> and then they also breed they read they write uh, and then they got they got hunt they got games where you have an arena, and you go and eat and hunt and hunt your own food. Uh, anyways, I'm not going to tell you the end, but I don't want to go there. It's got a twisted end, so <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody does. I wanted to make my own version of zombies, and it's completely different than everybody else. So, but that was a while back. But anyways, I got a poem, uh, and uh, I got I was on last Thursday, but. Somehow I accidentally pressed one. I don't know if it was my face or what, but my phone's weird like that, and it accidentally pressed one off. So, 
I was waiting, but that's not your fault. That's my that's my fault. <laughs> but that's all right, because I was gonna read another poem. But uh, I got uh, my poem. Uh, my newest poem is called "Unknown Nothings." You ready? I am. Already. All right. Unknown nothings. Infinite amounts of prophecies, philosophies, sciences, ideologies, ideas, dharmas, karmas, and dogmas of beginnings, endings, afterlifes, heavens, hells, nirvanas, enlightenment, salvations, damnations, repentances, reincarnations, meanings, purposes, life suffering. Trials and tribulations, creators and creators, adversaries, over-exaggerated, over-analyzed, over-interpreted, over-exhausted, over-exerted, epic poems that have been canonized and turned into sacred texts and turned into religious spiritual philosophies, mythologies, folk tales and fairy tales, promising of estimated non-testable hypotheses through the scientific methods, but by faith and fictitious facts, alone without any substantial evidence, instructions on how to live, who and and how to worship, and who not to worship, who to give praise, sing, dance, and play music to, who not to give praise, uh, song, dance, and play music to, explanation claiming to know every answer to every question that mankind has ever asked, especially in the gray areas of life, because it's not just black and white, all of the time, selling speculations of so-called truths, claiming to be the one and only absolute truth, promising absolute certainties, revelations, visions, visitations, communications with, with invisible beings, forcefully feeding non-believers with their tr- non-believers their truth in hopes of converting them over, controlling, coercing, manipulating their believers into doing whatever they want, whatever they are told to do, Executing non-believers, inquisiting non-believers, promising to solve all of your problems, promising to offer you hopes, comforts, meanings, and purposes, promising you eternal salvations, promising you eternal nirvanas, promising you eternal happiness, promising you eternal joy, proselytizing and catechizing their truths to the world. Each of these things supposedly offer everything above and so much more. But the truth is that nobody truly knows anything about anything mentioned above and so much more. Isn't it funny? Mankind has come up with and even made up so many answers to everything, but there are still people who doubt every every one of them and don't know why they think they are the only one and true uh they're the only uh, they're the only they're the one and only Truth sayers. That's in peace. <laughs> Fantastic job. Oh, thank you. I uh, I had a thought in my head, and uh, of course I doubt just about everything. <laughs> but uh, I had a thought in my head, and I wanted to write a poem uh, with a wide spectrum, and not getting into massive detail about everything kind of have it vague but basically i don't think anybody knows anything about anything when it comes to the speculation of the so-called quotation mark 
beginning of the world, the ending of the world, and then the afterlife. Because I think science, uh, philosophy, uh, and of course religion, and lots of other things as well, they all have, you know, they all have their ideas. And that's just what, you know, that's what I wrote that for. So that's why I was inspired. Very cool. I'm glad you liked it. I did very much, sir. All right, tell everyone how they can find you. All right, we're just doing one tonight then, huh? Yeah. Okay, cool. I got another one to read. Unless you brought your homework. Uh, I'll read it. No, I forgot to do it. (laughs) Okay. I'll I'll have it next I'll have it next week though, but I need to go back and see what this one is too. But I know this one is supposed to be Grandma's Kitchen. That, that was last a, week, that was yeah. A, that was, well, but see, last if you write Grandma's Kitchen, week. you can bring it next week. You don't have to turn in your your homework can be turned in a year late. I don't I don't that. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I was going to write it this week and then turn it in. Yeah. That's yeah. That works. All right. That's cool. Yeah, I can do that. All right. Uh, well, this is Eric Nelson Manley Showman. You can find me on Facebook. It's Eric Nelson Manley Showman. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and like page, Poet Eric Nelson Manley Showman. Find me on YouTube, Eric Nelson Manley Showman. Find me on, uh, uh, what the hell is it? What is that website called? Uh, Poem Hunter, uh, Eric Nelson Manley Showman. And that's that's pretty much it right now. So, well, have a good night and thanks so much for the platform. Um, sorry I was late. So earlier I said that I had McDonald's, but I also had pizza at a buffet with my second cousin. That's what I was trying to say. So, <laughs> okay. I didn't eat him, <laughs> but anyways. Uh, so I'm pretty full, but that's all good though. It's better than starving like I have been so, lately. But it's all good, though. Well, have a good night. I'm going to finish the show and uh, try to get some sleep. I haven't been sleeping good. The weather's been cooler. I did overheat today twice, and I had two bloody noses. But uh, Monday and Tuesday was really cool because it rained. I felt real good. <laughs> But anyways, I'm gonna let I'm gonna jump off and take take my socks off and jump on the comfy couch and let the next poet come on. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, we will talk to you next weekend. Alrighty, have a good one. You're very welcome. We'll talk to you then. All right. All right. Bye. Our next caller, you guys. Comes from area code five four zero five four zero. You're on the air. Five four zero. Are you with me? Hello. Don't leave me hanging. Five four zero. All right. We'll come back and check five four zero. Let's uh, mark that line. That caller. Not sure what's going on there. Can't get them on the air. All right, so let's go ahead and try 701. 701, are you with me? I am. Hello, Missy. How are you? Oh, I am doing very well. How are you? 
I am doing awesome. I'm having a fun night. Awesome, awesome. I'm having a difficult evening, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to log in and I'm going to listen to some awesome poetry and I'm going to read some awesome poetry and it's going to be an okay day. So that's where I am. <laughs> well, I am glad you're here. Me too. Um piece I have tonight is a new piece, and it's more prosy than it is poetry, but it's poetry, prose, prosy poetry, whatever, <laughs> whatever you call it. Um, and so here we go. An unusual cure. My daughter tucks me in at night. She brings me a cold washcloth when the migraine fever attacks the right temple. She gently rinses the blue cloth with cool, not cold, water. She squeezes the excess into the sink, allowing the fever reducer to flow through her fingers, dripping like milk from the cow's udder, dribbles, times three. She adds a touch of hand soap to the cloth. It smells of peaches and cream mixed with peppermint. She thinks this will help numb the hot poker, because peppermint cleans stuff up, Mama. I let her continue her ritual. Rinse, soak, squeeze, flatter, rinse, until she realizes enough time has passed and the Tylenol must have kicked in by now. She brings the steamed cloth to my pillow, pats my head, and says, Mama, here, it'll all be okay. You'll feel better. It's okay. She places the cloth over my eyes and forehead, carefully adjusting the corners, folding the stray strings under the edges, and gently climbs to the crook behind my knees. She shoes the cat away settles in with her book and reads to me as I squint and squirm. The pain has, tra- has traveled and now sounds are excruciating. I am desperate to escape the knife involuntarily jabbing my right ear. The hum of the AC unit is a horde of wasps mating with the queen. She is employed as an egg layer, nothing more. She exists for this one reason, to create more wasps. I wonder if drones ever want more than the ability to impregnate the queen. Do you think they secretly wish to work outside the home as the females do? Thoughts for another day as I hear the dishwasher kick on, a train horn belts out, and the cell phone buzzes to life in my pocket. Breathe in, out. Try yoga breathing. In through your nose, two, three, four. Out through your mouth, two, three, four. Try Lama's breathing. He, he, hoo, he, he who try not breathing. Do chimpanzees get headaches and migraines? Do they understand the difference between pain types, or is all unusual touch considered painful? We are cousins with similar brain chemistry, so it would seem logical that chimps, apes, and orangutans would also experience the auras, the clouded vision, the perpetual pounding in the center of your head, unreachable, like a cat and just far enough away that you cannot quite offer love. My finger is inches from the pain when the kid in 204 starts tuning his cello as a truck bounces down the road, tools crashing, tires squealing. Too loud, too much. The TV remote slams to the ground as my daughter shrinks to the corner of the sofa. We have danced this tango before. So sorry, baby. Mommy's head hurts so much. She wriggles out of the safe zone finds the edge of the afghan, lays her hand on my forehead, kisses my cheek and says, it's okay, mama, you sleep, I got this. 
My eyes fill with a cool regret and a warm heart. No, baby, I shouldn't have yelled. She toddles to the TV, pushes the red power button, and returns to the sofa. She sings her favorite lullaby quietly into the air, and I close my eyes, just for the moment, in peace. That's awesome. That's okay, Mama. I got it. <laughs> I love that piece. Ah, this, I'm really happy with this one. I'm. I was just like, all right, I need to write about this because it's just killing me that I haven't written something like this. <laughs> it just kept going, and then it turned into prose. And I'm like, all right, I guess it's a prose poem. Cool. That works. <laughs> You know, I always always laugh. <coughs> Excuse me. How many pieces? I'm gonna start choking here. How many pieces when you start writing them end up the way you thought they would when you picked up the pen? They always go their own way. Oh, they always go their own way. Yeah, they're, the poem is alive. It goes where it wants to go. I have no mm. control over it. <laughs> so yeah, but I'm I'm really really happy with this one. So. And my headache is now gone, so I can say thank you, Nyla. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. All right, tell everyone how to find you. I am on Facebook and um, if I can talk, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Emily Vweg Writer, E-M-I-L-Y-V-I-E-W-E-G Writer. And on um, Twitter, I am Emily J. Vweg, and that's how you can find me. So, yeah, there I go. <laughs> Very cool, sweetheart. And thank you. Fantastic job, honey. Thank you so much. See you next time. All right, babe. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code seven one four. Seven one four, you're on the air. Hi, Miss Nyla. How are you? This is Jacqueline. Hey, Jacqueline, it's been a while. How are you doing? I know, right? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, actually. Just been really busy. How have you been? I've been awesome. I've had a crazy busy summer, and uh, and it's uh, actually has some stuff going on through the end of this month, and then I think my season for summer fun is over. And you know what? I'm I think I'm the only person I know of that's really super excited that winter's coming. Fall and winter are my absolute favorite seasons, but. Mine is, too. Really? That is awesome. See, summer is well, usually when I stay involved. home and get stuff spring done because I hate it hot. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I I agree. I, I am so looking forward to summer being over. It's been so busy. But, you know, what can I say? I woke up on the side of the ground. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but some days I just. You know, it's been a it's been a rough, hard, long summer. It's been very hot here in California, you know. But you know, mm-hmm. what do we do? We live through it, right? Exactly. Oh, well I wrote this piece and I I posted it on um uh allpoetry dot com and I've kind of been tweaking it a little bit, um and it's called Trust in Truth. Love is anchored to trust and truth, two of which you frequently abuse. To find common truths 
ascertained between lovers is a delicate merger. An emotionally violent stain cloaked with doubt is torture. Liar, liar, liar. Is your brain on fire? A smoldering, slow burn sparked by deceitful words? Truth has one color. A lie has many. How can you say you love me when you neither trust me nor tell me the truth? Do you really expect for me to believe you? Your kind of love is toxic. I don't want it. I don't need it. Please, you keep it. Influence. Wow. That is phenomenal. <laughs> That's an emotional <laughs> rant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, just things, right? You know, you're oh. such you you are such a powerful writer, you know, and it's like your 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 pen doesn't have a shy streak in it whatsoever. You aren't you aren't afraid of your opinion. You aren't afraid of your convictions. You aren't afraid of saying things that you know people need to hear. Well, it, isn't that what it's all about, writing? I mean, at mm-hmm. least for me, it, it, it doesn't allow me to express the things that I probably would never say um, otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, uh, maybe it's an outlet, but cathartic sometimes. Um, yeah. 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 Phenomenal. All right, sweetheart, do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come find you. Um, Right now I am on um, allpoetry.com, and I don't have anything on my Facebook, so nothing there. (laughs) I'm just trying to get back into my life right now, step back into my life. I've been so busy with, I've been, I've traveled a lot this summer, taking care of a lot of different people. And not myself, so you know, feel a little frustrated right now. But I don't run away. Run away. Yeah, you know. I know, but go. Even if it's just, even if it's just someplace for a day, go someplace beautiful that you love, close by a park, a river, a, a mountain place, a meadow. Just go somewhere that will ground you and just breathe in and exhale and breathe in and exhale and let your brain feed itself for a day. Take that day away from responsibilities and things that need dusted and calls that need made and just rejuvenate yourself one day. They can live without you for one day. Man, right on. Oh, that sounds so good. (laughs) You know, there's no hat that you're wearing right now that's not going to be laying on the floor where you left it when you come back through that door. And we as women, especially women, make excuses for all the things that we can't do because we have to do this and we have to do that and we have to do this. And we are so bound by our responsibilities and our, so, our, our self-imposed, self-imposed to-do list so right. that we don't stop and give five minutes to ourselves. So you need to do that. 
and and don't be somewhere where you can pick up a coffee cup and carry it in the into the kitchen. Don't be somewhere where you stop and throw in a load of laundry. Go somewhere for one day and feed yourself after all this chaos over the summer. Oh wow, Nyla, you gave me permission. Thank you. Yes, you could have given right. it to yourself, but you know, you know me, I'm know. an instigator. <laughs> You know, I'm such a nurturer to where I, I just really don't think about myself the way I as much as I should. But I, I'm I'm getting there. But it's it's been a process, empty nesting and all of that stuff. So, you know, yeah, it's it's a slow process, but it's coming along. And I, I thank um, you for it. You your will you will love empty nesting. You're gonna be ha- you will love empty nesting. <laughs> I'm going to remind you, I'm going to remind you of the feral female inside of you that used to claw her existence out of the dirt and needs nothing and no one because she is fierce in her own right. Well, the next time we speak, I might be in a whole nother place. A whole nother place. <laughs> She's going to be running around in leopard skin and bells on her ankles. Right? <laughs> Looking hot. <laughs> Uh, all right, sweetheart. You have a really good weekend coming up, and I can't wait to see what you've written over the week when you come back here and visit with us uh, next Thursday. Thank you, honey. I've missed you. I missed you too. Okay. All right. Good night. <laughs> bye bye. All righty. Our next caller. Oh, I want to check. Five six two. Did you want to come back on the air, or did you want to come on the air? 562, if you want to come on, press 1 on your phone, and it'll put you in the lineup. 562, press 1 on your phone, and it'll put you in the lineup if you want to come on radio. Otherwise, if you're hanging out and just listening, appreciate it. Let's go back and check and see if we can get 540 on the line. 540, are you with me? 540. Are you muted? No, 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 no. Maybe I can't get lines done right now. Let me check. If we brought, 903, have we brought you on? Yeah, you did. Okay, hey, Eric. All right, hey. have a poem ready just in case I can't get these other lines unmuted. I'm going to play a track real quick and see if I can get these lines unmuted, and then uh, we'll be back. But have one just in case I need to bring you back on, okay? Will do. All right, well, thanks. All right, we're going to play a track here real quick, guys, and I'm going to see what's going on with my lines. All right, Um Remember, area code 562, if you want to come on, press 1. And I'm trying to get 540. I can't. My board's not doing anything. So I'm going to play a track real quick, and then we will be right back with you. And I'm just spinning my finger, and we are going to, okay, Andrea Gibson, Bullets and Wind Chimes. Here we go. I often repeat myself, and the second time's a lie. I love you. I love you. See what I mean? I don't. And I do. And I'm not talking about a girl I might be kissing on. I'm talking about this world I'm blissing on and hating at the exact same time. See, life doesn't rhyme. It's bullets and wind chimes. It's lynchings 
and birthday parties. It's the rope that ties the noose and the rope that hangs the backyard swing. It's a boy about to take his life and with a knife to his wrist he's thinking of only two things. His father's fist and his mother's kiss and he can't stop crying. He's wanting tonight to speak the most honest poem I've ever spoken in my life not knowing if that poem should bring you closer to living or dying cause life doesn't rhyme. It's dark and light, black and white and tonight I'm not so sure that's a metaphor. Cause my life has been hard at times, but mostly it's been wind chimes, birthday parties, and backyard swings. Mostly it's been as gentle as a mother's kiss, and I'm trying to balance this with the knowing that for many, life has been as brutal as a father's fist, pounding out days like black guys and split lips, living lives where every sunrise feels like a whip. Scars are too tired to bleed, eyes so tired of crying that dying would be easier than this, and who am I to be saying this shit? When I could write a thousand poems and all the pain I have not known will never know. Simply because of the color of my skin. More gold than white but gold. Like the gold in the pockets of those who bought and sold people's lives. Gold like the penitentiary keeping slavery alive. Gold like Columbus. Like those who profit from free trade. And those who pay a slave wage in the so-called land of the free. Gold like a Nazi. Like the WTO that made a South Korean farmer go to the middle of a protest. And take a Swiss army knife to his head. Just so the world would know how hard his people bled and bleed and now I'm on my knees praying for a way to feel blessed when I'm wondering how many of my blessings have been watered by the tears of those who are oppressed. How do I feel grateful for the gifts that I've been given knowing the gifts that I've been given have been wrapped by a system that holds others on their backs just trying to make a living and if I think I'm not to blame for that do I think I should be forgiven when you trace my family tree just five generations I could almost guarantee somewhere a slave owner funded my college education. So maybe I never Ever wore a white sheet, or was the thief who stole the soil for this nation? Not the lynching or the landmine or the boxcars of immigrant bodies, not the blankets laced with smallpox, the sweatshops, the bomb dropped on Nagasaki. Maybe my finger has never pulled the trigger of white supremacist crime and violence. Still, I will forever be as guilty as my silence. When the color of my skin grants me privilege for those sins, the crime I do not stand against is as good as mine. Every time I do not stand, there is blood on my hands like the blood on that fist that pounds people's lives into black eyes and split lips. And I'd rather be a kiss or a wind chime, rather build some bliss in this world in my lifetime. Cause I know we were born to be one But right now it's more like we're separate sun rays Fallen from the same sun And so far we've only built enough sky for some to shine And knowing that, I don't want to be a poet who writes pretty lines I want to be a part of something bigger Start building this world into a poem that rhymes Okay all right, that was Andrea Gibson with Bullets and Wind Chimes. Let's see if we can get 540 back on now. 540, are you with me? 540. I hear noise. I, feel a f- I hear a phone moving around. 540. I wonder if they fell asleep. 540? Maybe if I say it really loud, they'll hear me. Five four zero. Wake up. Wake up, sleepyhead. Wake up. Okay. We're not sure what's going on there. Let's go ahead and get Eric back on to close out the show. Eric, you still with me? Yeah, I'm still here, Nella. 
All right. Oh. You want to read another piece before we close down the show tonight? All right. Yeah, love to. All right. This one okay. was actually written back in uh, back in April. It's still true today, and it, in my opinion, it's only getting worse. But uh, I actually read it too. But I'm gonna reread it. <laughs> All right. It's called "They're Taking Away Our Fir- First Amendment Freedoms." Ugh. They're taking away our First Amendment freedoms. Remember when the First Amendment of our Constitution actually meant precisely what it says? Congress will make no law respecting establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government redress of grievances. Remember when the government used to adhere the freedoms of our First Amendment before they decided to before they decided to start intervening by telling us what we what we can think, say, and not say, do and not do because it might be too triggerable too offensive, too radical, too racist, too sexist, too prejudiced, have too much bigotry in it, too homophobic, too transphobic, too xenophobic, too supremacist, too nationalist, too fascist, too communist, too liberal, too democratic, too republican, too libertarian, too conservative, too anarchist, too authoritative, too totalitarian, too Christian, too atheistic, too agnostic, too theological, too Buddhist, too Hinduist, too pagan, too Wiccan, too philosophical, too long, too short, too destructive, too blasphemous, too heretical, too sacrilegious, too raunchy, too far-fetched, too racy, too sexually explicit, too perverted, has too much sexual innuendos in it, be too vulgar, be too obscene, be too obscure, be too absurd, be too uncouth, be too unconventional, be too lewd, be too lotty, be too upfront, be too blunt, be too gaudy, be too extremist, and everything else that is too politically incorrect. To anyone who can't comprehend a joke, an opinion, a fiction, a fictitious fact, or even a known fact, but not an extremely unpopular one by the masses. Remember when the government came out and said all news is fake news and even fired certain journalists because of it? This intervention is a violation of our freedom of press, is it not? Remember when the government first told the press that they can and what they can and cannot say on television, in newspapers, magazines, books, pamphlets, and even essays? Isn't that another intrusion of our freedom of the press? Remember when Kathy Griffin got fired because she had a political cartoon of our president, Donald Trump's head, in her hand? Is this not a violation of freedom of press as well? Remember when all the other times that the government has censored, banned, and burned books because they weren't, were not what they considered to be literature or even saw some of them as threatening to the populace? Remember when the Dixie Chicks were in France? and said something bad about President Bush and their music and themselves were banned in America for use. 
Is this not a violation of freedom of speech? Remember when Justin Carter posted a sarcastic joke on Facebook and the government took it as a terroristic threat because he said that he is messed up in the head and that he needed to go shoot up a kindergarten school and it was just months after Sandy Hook Newton, Connecticut's elementary school was being shot up at the, the time that he said this. So they imprisoned him and supposedly was physically abused there and he was forced to go into solitary confinement for his protection. And now he is on bail for $500,000 by an anonymous donor and is still facing charges and still in and out of court. Isn't this a violation of our freedom of speech as well? Remember when the government made a law where you you have to have a permit and a certain number of people in order to protest and counter-protest legally? Is this is this not an infringement on our freedom to peacefully assemble? Remember when the government actually adhered to separation of church and state? Now, how it hypocritically still says that it doesn't favor any one religion, but practices Christianity, Christianity's holidays at the White House and several courthouses even have Christianity's Ten Commandments and or crosses in them. And even hospitals and clinics have paintings of Jesus Christ in them. Are these not obtrusions of our freedom of religion by the government's bias towards one religion? Remember the last time the government actually heard, listened, comprehended, and changed the woes of the populace because they actually saw a problem with people's grievances? Isn't this a disobedience of our freedom to petition the government with our grievances? That's in peace. Fantastic piece. You know, honestly, swear to God, this is the truth. Half the time, I don't agree at all with what you say. And half the time, I do. But I think that's a point of the way that you write like you do. Because like I said before, you always encompass the full scale of an issue. And and sometimes you're reading off that there's a, oh, what in the hell did he just say? And then it's like, oh, yeah, right on, dude. <laughs> 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 it's such a yeah. flipping roller coaster listening to you read. <laughs> That's right, but that's the point. I'm, I'm, uh-huh, exactly. I'm not. I don't like to choose. Well, yeah, of course, I got poems that I choose sides, but for the most part, yeah, I, I try to be unbiased <laughs> and give uh, all spectrums too. So, but well, thanks so much. You quite a roller coaster. Great job, baby. Great job tonight. Thank you. Thanks so much, and uh, thanks for letting me in the show. Appreciate it. I'm glad you like it, and I'm glad you like half of my poems and half of them not. That's just the way it is. <laughs> You're not going to like everything I write. That's the way. I got I got lovers, haters, admirers, and I got people that try to but show me up every day. You don't write to so, make me like every word you say. You that's right. That's the point. You want to not like half of what you say. Exactly. So it's okay that um, I say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I'm not that's mad. That's the whole intent of what I'm you're trying I'm just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm very, All right, baby. very honest in my writing, except for, you know, of course, I write fictitious bullshit on occasion, too, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, thanks so much. Uh, this is Eric Nelson, Manly Showman. You find me on Facebook, Eric Nelson, Manly Showman. You can find me on Facebook like page. It's poet Eric Nelson Manley Showman. You can find me on YouTube. It's Eric Nelson Manley Showman. You can find me on Poem Hunter. It's Eric Nelson Manley Showman. 
All right, Nala, have a great night, and I'll be here next week. <laughs> Thank you so much, sweetheart. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. All right, one. everyone. You too. You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I was kind of watching for Melvin to get on the line, but he did not do that yet. So hopefully he will call in next week. I'm going to close the show tonight with a piece. But before I do, I want to thank everyone for being here, both readers and listeners alike. You're absolutely phenomenal. I appreciate you more than you know. Um, We will be here next week and really looking forward to next month, which is our anniversary month. So we are going to close the show with a piece. Uh, Let's do Brian Ellis shopping carts. Here we go. Good night, everybody. It started as a game of communist soccer. Communist soccer is when you and your friends stand around a shopping cart volleying the ball back and forth, eventually getting it in a basket. In communist soccer, when one person gets it in the basket, everyone does. We had the energy, we had the night, we had each other, we had a problem. We were way too good at this, so we did the most obvious thing. We stacked another shopping cart on top of the one we already had, but a hot minute later we were popping the ball in every other slap of the ankle. By the time we lifted that third cart into the air, we knew something unexpected was going on. Maybe even something magical. The shopping carts. They were begging for it. Begging for us to pull pyramids out of them, so we answered their prayers. The logistics were immediate, and the mechanics came even quicker. We worked in pairs. Gathering the carts, lifting and attaching, deciding where the sculpture is going to go next. First, the center is upright, and then they spread outward, laying the carts on their side. The next layer rests with its front wheels, hooked into the basket in the center. You wouldn't expect how many ways shopping carts can lock into one another in the middle of an empty stop-and-shop parking lot on a weekday. It didn't take long for authority to come after us, and we ran, but not before we were given a thick, Hey! You think this is funny? Who's gonna take this down? Some lifetime dead-end job schlub just like me, whose morning routine will be abruptly interrupted by something he or she didn't know existed. Our work was not finished. At Star Market, we erected an overflowing swarm of metal and carriage. By the dumpsters of Family Dollar, we reconstructed the scattered bones of commercialism into a throne of modern antiquity. We flipped them upside down to the ones right side up. We forced wheels in the handles.